Hello and welcome to episode 138 of the Ram Nintendo Podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Angel. And this episode is called Aloha from Alola, as we'll be talking about Pokemon Sun and Moon with uh, your very in-depth impressions later in the show. But first... Yeah, listen to that new music. Oh yeah, that's right. So, but first, this is our fifth anniversary episode. Hence the um, music. Mystery's new music. We do it every so often. And also, stay tuned to the very end of the show because we're going to have a special $50 eShop credit giveaway. And we're going to tell you how you can win it. I mean, in theory, you could just fast forward to the end, but why would you do that? Why the Why bonus, would I even suggest it to you? Why? Bonus random Nintendo points if you can tell us exactly where that track came from. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, if you put that in your comment, we'll give you a virtual high five. And if you don't put that in a comment, you are still eligible for a $50 eShop gift card. But besides all that, along with Pokemon, we also um, have other things to discuss. Because, like, as I hope all our American listeners know, Thanksgiving just happened just the other day. And that usually means lighter amount of news, but this year, what there was a there was a lack of official news, but there was a lot of rumors filling the void. Specifically, a lot of uh, Switch game rumors. So we're gonna break all that down. Plus, talk about Swap Doodle. Plus, talk about Pokemon Go. Plus, talk about sales numbers. Plus, again, do our giveaway. Plus, Mario Run. So it's a pretty packed episode, given that we're in kind of a lull of um, Nintendo news. So use the timestamps for Amazon.com to make sure you don't miss any of that. But let's just jump right in with the Switch. That's kind of the big story these days is the Switch this, the Switch that. Okay. So let's do Switch. So you would <laughs> Okay, you sound, you sound so like passive-aggressive about it. But yeah, so you would think, um, lame joke alert, you, let me set this up. So you'd think a company whose mascot is a plumber would do a better job of fixing leaks, am I right? And yet here we are knowing practically every single launch game, every single game in the first six months. It's kind of ridiculous how much we know. Granted, they're all rumors, but they still give us a pretty specific outline of what games we're going to see when. Yeah, for the most part, rumors that end up not being true are usually very vague. Yeah, and these are so on point. I mean, and there's some that are so – some make sense, which we'll get to, and some are insane, which we'll get to. But it's just like the specificness of them. Oh, yeah. I remember it was kind of like when – when leaks of the gamepad were coming out or the 3DS were coming out. And, yeah, there was so much... And I was just like, eh, this doesn't sound real. 3D, blah, blah, blah. Wide screen, top screen, nah, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, and, yeah, because it was all cryptic. But now, or, like, yeah. And now it's just like, hey, did you know Mario's going to be this 3D open world game and there's going to be a two-player mechanic where you're bungee to each other and that's how you play? It's like, wait, what? <laughs> that sounds really specific. I mean, granted, sometimes that's not true. Remember the Metroid Star Fox crossover game rumor from years ago that we covered yeah, on the show. Yeah, but I mean, that was, they never gave any gameplay specifics or anything. It was That's just true. the concept. And, what, and what's crucial about these rumors is they're coming from reliable sources. They're coming from... Lord- and just look at the Wii U ones when they were talking about like exactly how the controls were set yeah, up and like, how true. they separated the sides. And I'm, I'm just like, you mean the Switch, right? The Switch, yeah. yeah the Switch. Well, that, these are the same sources. So yeah, it's going to be... Uh, everything we're going to talk about over the next little bit is <sighs> Laura Kate Which is Dale, kind of exciting, but I mean... Also, yeah. It's I mean, as people that do a podcast like this, it gets cool like, to like you want to find out because it's just fun and to see like oh what do people come up with this time but yeah. you also kind of want to be surprised too so so we're gonna try it, not to go too in depth yeah so there's definitely like a obviously like a listen at your own discretion if you're yeah. those people that want to be surprised then then jump yeah. ahead to where we talk about not the switch yeah i don't know what that timestamp is because we haven't done it yet but but it will be yeah. conversely though i mean we already know what the switch is at this point yeah. and you kind of want to know what the games oh, will be like. Yeah, and you which is what know. determines what you will buy it in the end. Yeah, so, so I think I think it's... I guess uh, we are past that point. The Switch reveal is something you would want to leave as a surprise. Yeah, I think anything. at this point, because first of all, most of the games we're talking about, we've seen in one form or another. We've seen Mario. We've seen Mario Kart. We've seen Zelda. So it's kind of... There's some that we're about to talk about that we haven't seen. 
which yeah, are weird. There was There's one, one was in particular. I was like, what? I was like, it, what it, It's literally one of those. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, it's a head scratcher. And I, I mean, love how cryptic we're being, it, even though anyone that's listening probably already knows what we're talking about. If it ends up being real, though. Yeah, it's it's going to be something. But I did want to say, to start this off, so the sources for all of what we're going to talk about, I'll name them as we go, but just to be clear, they are pretty reliable people. We got uh, Laura... Laura Kate Dale, she's the one that leaked basically all the Switch details before it came out that turned out to be 100% accurate. She runs Let's Play Video Games. We've got Eurogamer, who were the ones that put out the image of what the Switch controller would look like. And we've got Emily Rogers, who has proven about, I'd say, 85% to 90% of the time that she's right. Granted, there is no female Link in Breath of the Wild that we know of, and she predicted that, but everything else, she said, is pretty spot on. So yeah, I mean, between the three, this is like as insider as you can get. Yeah. So with that said... I mean, there's always room for error. Like, sometimes people see something that they think... Oh, yeah. Is like, yeah. Well, that's the thing. They don't see... What's weird about the... Or not weird, but what's kind of smart oh, no, about yeah, how they're approaching well, these. They have multiple sources. No, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's yeah. it. But their sources, like, might have seen something. Like, there was... Oh, yeah, sure. Like, to give you a good example, like, I remember way before Pokemon Sun and Moon came out, people were saying, like, oh... Well, some sources were saying that there's supposed to be a Yeti Pokemon. And sure enough, there was no... Yeti no Pokemon. Yeti Pokemon. Which makes- but there was a Pokemon that looks like a yeti it's definitely not a yeti but you could easily see how someone can make that mistake right right which yeah. is possible with all of these but um but what's crazy about this is like so if pokemon's like oh i think i see a yeti with this it's literally like on day one you will have this game this game and this game and they'll have this feature this feature and this feature and then three months later we'll get this so let's start with launch yeah, day. enough um beating around the bush yeah let's start <laughs> with launch day so uh according to laura kate dale again over at let's play video games um she is claiming that Mario for Switch, which we saw in the trailer, is a sh- for sure thing for the worldwide launch on launch day. And what's more interesting than that, I mean, that's kind of like, okay, that makes sense. They haven't, you know, launched with a true Mario game in a very long time, so I could see why they do that. But beyond that, what we also learned is it is, in fact, a more open-ended game, which gets me really excited. Because, like, I like the 2D Marios, and you I like, like Mario 3D World. What? I mean, like the Skyrim of Mario? It's like the Skyrim of Mario. <laughs> no, what she uh, what she described it as is it's going to kind of mimic the approach of Mario 64 or Sunshine or Galaxy where you have a central hub world. It takes you to other places and you have to go back to those places multiple times for different objectives. So a 64 approach. And what I start to say is I'm kind of excited about that because I like 3D, uh, 3D Land and 3D World well enough. Like, I think they're really good games. But I feel like if you're doing a 3D Mario, you kind of need, like, a little more than just like it's the those games are the linear structure of a 2d mario game which makes total sense in 2d because it's just like you're going left to right that's the entire premise of the game so even the world map you go left to right or up to down like it's linear but with the 3d games it's like okay if you have more space why don't you play with that a little why don't you go back to places why don't you try living more in the world and not just yeah, be like a mean, video game to be fair they haven't even really tried it. i mean 3d world was multiplayer centric yeah and then this 3d land was just a like, how do we make a really good Mario game on the 3DS that could, I don't know, I guess, like, not break the 3DS, but still have, like, right. some 360 Right, so, yeah, 3D Land makes sense as it was birthed out of what can the 3DS do without, as you put it, breaking it, but 3D and 3D World expand yeah. on that. So it makes sense in that context, but yeah, we it is nice to see them go back. Yeah. And what's kind of cool is, you know how the 90s are totally in right now, right? Like, the 90s nostalgia is at all-time high, like, 90s fashion is back, 90s things are back, Pokemon is back. Well... How great is it for Nintendo that they can say, hey, all you lapsed gamers that are super excited about the Switch all of a sudden, remember Mario 64? This is like that. Remember your childhood playing that? This is like that. Like, I don't even think they have to market it that way. I think all the impressions that are going to come out of that January Switch event, where they're showing off the game according to to Dale, all that, like, um, the press are going to say that. Like, remember Mario 64? This is the same structure, but you could play it on the go, and it has crazier graphics, and the triple jumps back. 
Like, that's another thing. That hasn't been there since the older Mario's. Well, since Galaxy 2. That's true, but they took it out for the more recent ones. My oh, point yeah. is, like, they can keep saying, I mean, remember I this, it's back. Yeah, but I mean, I don't... Uh, I guess in my mind, I don't see the 3D world as, like, even... I don't see them as 3D Mario. They're just... That's my, yeah, exactly. Yeah. They can say 3D Mario's back. Triple jump from yeah. 3D Mario's back. Everything's back. So, for us, that means Galaxy 2, which is 2011. They skipped the 2010. console, but they gave us 2 and 1, so maybe that was their, like, yeah. all right. Yeah, exactly. But, um... Yeah, so for us, it's only a five, six-year wait for a real 3D Mario. But for like, the nostalgia factor and for hooking players, this is a great marketing potential, potential marketing thing. Yeah, um, give everyone a virtual console download of Mario 64. That'd be actually really cool as a pre-order bonus or yeah. something. Or like if yeah. you get the Switch on day one. But but to backpedal a bit, we kind of were bashing 3D World a little. Not really bashing it, but just like, oh, there's these problems. That's not a true Mario. There is one cool thing that 3D World did that I'm happy to hear from these rumors is coming to Mario Switch. And that is co-op throughout the entire game. So according to her report, uh, to Laura Kate Dale's report, you're able to do two-player in any level at any time with two switches or one. Well, I don't know if it's with two switches or one switch. I imagine you can use two Joy-Cons. But what's interesting about it is um, because it's open world, you'll be sort of tethered together. So you can only go so far that apart. Makes sense. It does make sense. So you can only go so far apart. Not a, it's not the Wii U. <laughs> right, exactly. So you can only go so far apart, which makes sense. But if... You, if you as player two achieve more than I achieve as player one, at the end we get ranked and you get a higher ranking and get more points. Okay. It's basically Mario 3D World's multiplayer, yeah. but they took out the bubble mechanic where if you get too far behind your the lead, you get bubble transported to them and they put in a tether. So they took the one cool thing from Mario 3D World. I'm, okay, Mario 3D World has a lot of cool things, but they took one really cool thing at 3D World, which was consistent co-op, and managed to figure out how to make it work in a 3D Mario game. And supposedly, we're going to have it on launch day, which means we're going to have a brand new 3D Mario in like four months, which is very soon in the grand scheme of things. So that's kind of cool. Maybe too soon. You think? Yeah. I mean, granted, they're milking I mean, Mario it, it like was, mad, but... Yeah, I mean, it wasn't even on my radar until the Switch trailer. Well, yeah. Which, I mean, obviously it's cool, but I mean, I don't, what, want, I don't, oops, I don't, want, too, I don't want too many must-haves on day one. Well, don't worry, because... There probably won't be. No, there will be and there won't be. Some stuff, they're shuffling things. So well, let's run through what they are giving us and we'll run through what they're probably not giving us, which is only one game, Zelda. But So they're, mm-hmm. apparently Zelda's delayed. But uh, here's another noteworthy one that's going to feed into your problem, I guess. Uh, Splatoon. So Splatoon's going to be day and date with the Wii, as, or wow, with the Switch as well. Really? And what's kind of interesting about Splatoon is, again, according to Laura Kate Dale, um, it's going to be packed in with the Switch. They're going to have two Switch SKUs, two Switch bundles on launch day. One will be a Switch by itself, and then the other, for a slightly premium price, will be the Splatoon bundle. Which is really smart when you have a franchise that's blowing up as fast as Splatoon is. In Japan, it's huge. In the West, it's becoming a bigger deal. And it's literally the showcase game for Nintendo's whole concept of a game as a service, where they just constantly update it. So if you can, for 50 bucks more, get a Switch that comes with this game that's going to be updated throughout the life of the system, presumably then that seems like a great deal. Are You're, you going to do that? Or are you going to just get the base one and then get a physical copy of Splatoon? Well, I'm sure it'll come with a... Fi- oh. I mean... I don't know. They haven't well, said... They well, have I don't know if it's physical or digital. installing things on consoles But I now. suspect there'll be a discount if I were to do the phys- uh, the, the bundle. You should just get a just get a digital. Go digital. I might. I might. Yeah. Um, yeah, then you wouldn't have to switch games all the time. Oh, uh-huh. yeah, that's true. But they're just cartridges, so it doesn't really matter. It's easy. That's just as annoying. It's, that's it's true. Still it's true. It's the same That's why I, I went digital on Pokemon. You're Sun. right. You're right. But but I do think Splatoon's really smart because like if you look at Splatoon on the Wii U, regardless of which version I get, if you look at Splatoon on the Wii U, it um having that year of free content 
kept in people's minds longer, kept in the gaming headlines longer, basically extended its shelf life like 10 months longer than a typical new release. So if they do that with Splatoon on Switch... It's like Switch, artificial evergreen. It's an artificial evergreen, yeah. So if they do that, it's like it's like one of those weird plastic Christmas trees, opposed to a natural one. But if they do that with uh, the Switch, they basically have a year of must-have game without actually having to make multiple must-have games. They can just keep pumping Splatoon. They are going to make multiple, but but still... Um, the thing, the thing is, so would you double dip it just, if they just said we're making Splatoon for Switch, just flat like that, would you double dip? Right now? No. What would you need to double dip? I'm saying it up for sharing what they're going to um, do. I'm just curious. No other games coming out around the time. What if they added a, uh, local multiplayer that actually makes sense opposed to the weird one-on-one like practice round? Cause they're doing uh, that. No. Know. See that convinced, that, that, that would convince me honestly. Like. Uh, the problem is like, like sure, like I'd probably end up getting it just so I could check it out. But like, yeah. as far as like, oh, getting deep in it, yeah. As yeah. far as just like actually getting it because like I really want to play it and invest myself into Splatoon, it's kind of hard to say yes because of games like, well, Pokemon for one that I got back into obviously, and that's a game that's gonna carry on for a while. I mean, X and Y carried me on for a while. I mean, I played. How many hours did you play in X and Y? Uh, an X and Y over 800. And before that... Like if when... this was a video podcast, I would have just done a spit take. I actually had a mouthful of wire <laughs> when you said that, and I almost choked a little. <laughs> 800? Yeah, and that wasn't even as much compared to Diamond, which was in it, when it was at its peak. What was Diamond? Or do you... Is it too... Well, the, the, well, the counter maxed out a long time ago. You maxed out the counter? What's it go up to? 999? Yeah, but I mean, a lot of it was just, just breeding and just... Oh, sure. Know, battling, yeah. but... Yeah. So, so Splatoon would so, fall to the wayside because of the Pokemon obsession. I mean, that's kind of how a lot of games fall to the wayside. I mean, when I I was playing Monster Hunter and then Smash Bros. came out, and right. then all of a sudden, every other game but let's say, became not important. Let's say, because for me, like, the local multiplayer seems like a big hook. So what they're adding is a 1v1 mode where you will be competing for turf on the same map, presumably with two switches, I'm not sure. And then um, from there, you can actually now switch weapons mid-battle. to just Because oh. if it's 1v1, you need to mix it up in some way. But what I'm hoping this leads to, and, and this was not confirmed in the rumors, but if there's a 1v1, there better be a 2v2, and there better be a 3v3. Because, like, you can't be like, oh, if you're out in the world, sure, um, you can play one other person. But if you have a third friend and a fourth friend, they can't play against you guys. Or, you know, there's that angle or the other angle would be, sure, you can do local multiplayer, but you need five other Switch owners with you at any given moment. It's like, that's a little ridiculous. Three is more reasonable. But, like, I feel like here especially, because your place is, like, the hangout for our all for our group of friends, I feel like local multiplayer Splatoon could be a thing. In fact, the only reason it wasn't among our group is because there is no local multiplayer Splatoon. Hmm. Like, I wonder if that is enough to push it into must-have for hmm. people. I mean, for me, I just like the idea of 1v1. I mean, that sounds cool. But... Yeah. But, like, I wonder if there's some people that are on the fence, like, oh, but if I could do local, like, Mario Kart. Like, I could have a game night with Smash Bros. Like, Mario Kart is Splatoon. Like, I mean, I All guess. All three come to Switch. I mean, I, I, I like Splatoon, but I guess, um, I don't know. I, I guess I just didn't like it enough for me to, for it to be, like, an insta-buy. Kind of like, sure. like, I'll, like, I wouldn't even, I don't even have to think about whether I'm going to double dip on Mario Kart or Smash Brothers or right, right. whatever else I'm missing that they're redoing everything yeah Splatoon <laughs> I don't know I guess Splatoon just like it was fun on the Wii and I'm kind of like alright I played it I'm done like unless it's a full sequel I don't really see new hair it's, it might as well be a sequel okay there you go yeah <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I, guess, I guess that's where the, the line, line in sand is for you is like 
the local multiplayer thing, eh. But if they actually, like, fully flushed out everything. Because they're also, according to rumors, adding, like, more single-player content. But local player seems like it's the main hook, which which from a Switch selling perspective makes sense, where it's like, hey, you have the system, they can basically do wireless LAN parties wherever you want. Everyone can have Splatoon. Like, I kind of get the appeal, but I could see, like, for you... I could see for someone that's not super into Splatoon that there wouldn't be enough I mean, if it's in. baked into the system, then I could definitely see myself using it. Well, see, that's the thing. Is So apparently there's two SKUs, but Nintendo could very easily say, you know what, we just want Splatoon to be, like, the thing, and just make one that's SKU their, with Splatoon. Um, it could be their Wii Sports. Sports yeah, yeah it, it really could. I mean, it, it bought... It would be such a good example of how the Switch works. Because you could play online multiplayer on your TV, and when you're on your go- on the go, you pop it out, go play local multiplayer with a few friends and their Switches. Kind of makes sense. The one thing that we they haven't explained is how you're going to do the touch the gamepad to jump to that spot mechanic when there's no gamepad I to mean, touch. it would just have to be like any other um, first-person shooting. Like, but they don't really have like a teleport button. Well, no, but I mean, yeah, they do. Actually, do. Um, Battlefield is known for um, whenever you die, you could respawn in certain points, oh, but depend, it, depending where your team is. But you don't have to worry about being shot while doing that. In Splatoon, it's in mid-battle. Well, yeah, I mean, it'd be the same thing. The map would just cover the screen. You just quickly move your cursor to where you want to go and just... Or, or I guess, I mean, if, the, if the touchscreen rumors are true for the Switch, you just point where you want to go well, with your finger or with the Joy-Con pointer if that rumor's true. Yeah, I mean, either way, I guess, like, the screen would cover up I mean, the map would cover up the screen. You would either just tap where you want to go, or yeah. you just move the cursor. Either way, it affects everyone the same way, so mm. it wouldn't matter at that point. Yeah, I guess that's true. We're, I may be overthinking Because, I mean, it's no different than um, in Call of Duty. If you get the kill streak and you want to call the airstrike, you still have to cover oh, up your right. screen, right. move the cursor where you want to go, and you're still vulnerable to fire. That's true. That's true. Like it's, that's a better example. Yeah, it's the same thing. Like, yeah. I mean, I should know that. I play Call of Duty. I mean, teleporting <laughs> to someone should be something that... There should be some amount of risk. Not to mention yeah. when you're most people teleport from the spawn point, which is like you, it's invincible. Like they right. like a shield that. That's right, and then they teleport to where they should want jump yeah. to battle. And by that point, you should team. already be staring yeah. at the screen. Very true. Oh, so I guess well, problem solved. All right, number nine. So yeah, that's game number two that's apparently coming out at launch. And uh, so so far, I'm two for two. I'm, I want Mario really badly. Splatoon, I will double dip. That's fine. I think the local multiplayer stuff will make it worth it. Then come the third party games. On top of these games, uh, Laura Kate Dale also heard. That Bethesda Skyrim is essentially confirmed as real. As you may recall, when the Switch trailer came out, we talked about it here on the show, um, Bethesda would not say it's a sure thing. They're like, oh, yeah, 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 we're working with Nintendo. It's an honor to do the trailer. That's all. <laughs> so it's like, wait, what? But according to her, it is real, and it will be there day and date with the system, and it will be a remastered version. So it's the remastered edition. The that remastered edition that's coming to the other systems, which means, and here's the kind of cool part, mods. You can install mods in the game and customize it with your own modifications and stuff. I, mean, I assume they're presets in some way, but you can choose which mods you want to use, just mm-hmm. like in the remastered. So there is like a little extra layer. And that's kind of the interesting thing is like, if the Switch is, let's say, less powered than a PS4 and Xbox One, which it will be most likely, a lot of people, you know, a lot of people's arguments are like, oh, why would I get the graphically inferior one where where the games aren't going to be as good or going to be missing features? And it's like, well, hey, if you're up-resing a game from PS3 and Xbox 360... Graphics might not be quite as good on the Switch, but you have all the same functionality. It, you're not really losing anything because you're already upgrading from what it was. So that Isn't that's that, a selling point still. Didn't, I, um, like. I know Nvidia came out with something in the last month just saying, um, like, oh, for those of you worried about the Switch's power, like we customized the, the yeah. Tegra chip so that porting games from the Xbox One and PS4 is really easy. Like they kept emphasizing how easy it is yeah. to port those games. So. Yeah, that was an interview with, I don't remember who, but it was just in the last week yeah. or two. Which seems yeah. like timely... Yeah, it's a very timely comment, but just... Yeah, well, but they, it is, it's, it's, it's reassuring, because, I mean, yeah. 
Yeah, for those worried, I mean, at that point, it just comes down to the publishers, which some of them, like Capcom, are saying, like, oh, every console has to be treated like its own delicate flower. We have yeah. to see what's special for it. And which the is Switch such is, like and, a buying time answer. And, and the Switch is so different because of what it is. What, what's funny about Capcom is they've been such a long supporter of Nintendo for so long that I seriously doubt they're going to be like, oh, we're not supporting the Switch. Like, oh come God, on. Ace right. Attorney's happening. It's going to be in HD. You know it, Capcom. Just admit it. We're going to get Resident Hunter. Evil. Oh, yeah, Monster Hunter. We have that bet going that Monster Hunter uh, Double Cross, or One I guess, dollar. will be coming to Switch at launch in Japan, at least. Like, that's... That's releasing the same... It's releasing in mid-March on 3DS on uh, in Japan. Why would it not come to Switch? It's already, like, a graphically up That's the whole point of it. Better graphics, more stuff. It's, like, a best of... So it only makes sense. And Resident Evil has a long history with Nintendo. So if not a spinoff, if not a real game, then a spinoff for sure, like a Revelation style thing. There's no way Capcom, Capcom just doesn't announce it yet, but there's no way they're bailing. No way. No way. And Ubisoft is also a big supporter, actually, of Nintendo, and they will also be on the Switch. That was a bad transition, but it works because um, the rumors also confirm that Just Dance 2017 is a lock for launch day. And interestingly enough, we'll use uh, the Joy-Cons to do the motion control, supposedly. Because as you may have heard in the rumors, and I think we talked about on the show, the Joy-Cons apparently are like baby Wiimotes. So they have accelerometers. But the real biggie, and this is the insane one that we were alluding to for like 10 minutes without actually saying the name of, but now we're just going to say it. There's going to be, courtesy of Ubisoft and Nintendo, a Mario and Rabbids crossover RPG. Mario and Rabbids. The Rabbids are famous for going blah, or like, I can't even do their sound, but the da thing, like that, is going to be in a Mario game now. What? <laughs> like, that's so, at the surface, that is so random. I mean, they seem right, I mean, I guess if it's going to be a thing, they seem right at home in the Mario Luigi universe. Yeah, well, it's going to be like a separate thing, so. Maybe Cousins of Nabbits. Yeah, 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 they're like Nabbit. Nabbit's like a chubby rabbit. Yeah. Yeah. He's Nabbit is a rabid with body issues, which is why he's hiding behind the scarf. It all makes sense. Mm. I will say, this is the most random thing Nintendo's done. It's a very random move by Nintendo. It's almost as if, because of our fifth anniversary, random Nintendo actions happen because they want to pair a name to act. It's our name. My point mm. is, this this game is what the random town name has been leading to for five years of a podcast, and prior to that, me doing this in high school. This name has been around since 2005? 2006? And I think it's all been building to this one moment of the Rabbids and Mario co-starring in a game together. But let's walk through the basics. Let's discuss, before we get to how ra- random it is, what it actually is and what it what it will mean. So first, Ubisoft's doing development entirely. What's going to happen is Nintendo is supposedly, again, this report, by the way, comes from Laura, uh, Laura Kate Dale on her website. But she claims from an Ubisoft source and Nintendo source, Ubisoft's developing. Nintendo's monitoring the usage of their characters, and they're the ones making sure the dev timeline is complete and to ensure that's out by launch day. So from that perspective alone, this is nothing new for Nintendo, even though it sounds absurd. I mean, Nintendo's done this whole monitoring their characters thing with the Mario Sports games by Square Enix and uh, Namco Bandai. They've done it with FCRGX by Sega, although they had a bit more input on that one. They've done it with Pokin, with Namco Bandai. Well, Pokemon Company and them did it hand-in-hand. They did it with Hyrule Warriors. Like, this is not new. So that part is, okay, that makes sense. Where things get a little more bizarre, to me at least, is the premise, which is just like, I mean, it works, but you're kind of like shoehorning it. So the game's story is that uh, there's a rabid invasion of the Mushroom Kingdom. Some rabbits are good. Some rabbits are bad. 
And at one point, Bowser takes on a special rabid form. So they're literally making your favorite character, Angel, into a rabid. How does that make you feel on a scale of horrified to bursting with glee? Uh, three. What's that lead towards? So, like, not horrified, slight disgust, slight worry, anxiety? Out of five? <laughs> <laughs> five being um with glee and one being hard. so you're literally in the you're completely indifferent i thought you'd be a little more taken no back. it's not a, it's not Three being out of five would be it, indifferent would be at middle it's, just, it's not being indifferent it's being um perplexed like i don't know how to feel oh okay okay well i can't help you with that okay <laughs> that's the end of the podcast good seeing you no um yeah, I don't know. It, it's just such a weird concept. I mean, one clever thing about it that I, I actually think this could be cool is they're not focusing on the main Mario Universe characters. They will be there. They will have appearances. But the majority of the game is actually going to be secondary characters. Much like the Rabbids started as Rayman secondary characters, sort of. Not quite to the same extent as Goombas and Koopa Troopas and Cheep Cheeps. No, wasn't it Rayman Raving? Rayman Raving Rabbids for the Wii at yeah. launch was a collection of mini games starring Rayman at being captured by the Rabbids who were raving and then doing motion center <laughs> mini games to free himself from the Rabbids that were raving in Raving Rabbids. I think I just wrote a Dr. Seuss book, but I'm not sure. But, um, yeah, so that's where they got their start. So they were actually enemy characters to a Rayman spinoff originally. And it kind of mm. became their own thing. So it is kind of cool. Like, I think it is kind of neat that they're going to give some lesser Mario characters a chance to shine. The one main character from the Mario world that will apparently be a key role in the Rabbid Mario hybrid is uh, Yoshi. Which I guess makes sense. If they're working on, like, the animals and the lessers and not the humans, Yoshi is the bridge between the humans and the non-humans. So. I mean, he's a full-on non-human, but he they, <laughs> the humans ride him. So... Much like you cross a bridge. You... I feel like it could also work with Toad. It it's, could work with Toad. They scream a lot. Yeah, but Toad are... <laughs> yeah, but I know they make a lot of sounds. But uh, <laughs> but Toads already have, like, such a key role in Color Splash. Like, literally, the game is Mario, Princess Peach, and a full rainbow Not of Toads. Not to mention Paper Jam. And Paper Jam. They have a lot... Toads are pretty important in a lot of games. It's, or more it's like a, Nintendo's like, I don't want to make new characters. Well, what, you know what, what perplexes me? I think I said this in, when I was getting my color splash impressions last episode, but like, where is Toad's worth? Why is he not a thing anymore? Where is Toadette? Why is she only waving a flag because in Mario run? they're so lazy. They Not only do they not want to make new characters, they don't even want to bother putting a mustache on the <laughs> character. So they're literally just palette swapping Toad? Yeah, and not even that many times. It's just like there's, no, there's only four. Yeah, there's like pink, red, yellow, green, blue, uh, five. No, there's no, no green. it's just pink, it's not, pink, red, yellow, blue. Yeah. Yeah. And even with Nintendo's laziness, they're still passing off a Mario RPG to Ubisoft to shove their rabbits into. How bizarre. But anyway, so Yoshi has a big role. I think the um, focusing on the little guy is kind of cool. Like I was saying, gameplay-wise, we don't know a whole lot. It's apparently a turn-based RPG, as most RPGs are. But one thing that kind of popped up after this got leaked by other people who are supposedly in the know, including actually Laura Kate Dale herself. I don't know why I always say her full name. It has a good ring to it. Anyway. Um, apparently it's going to be like XCOM. So it's going to be not like an RPG in the Mario Luigi Paper Mario, old Paper Mario sense. It's going to be RPG in the tactical strategy, uh, Final Fantasy Tactics. You move your characters and they move their characters. Which actually sounds kind of cool. It sounds different enough. And it actually makes a lot of sense because one of the more critically acclaimed 3DS launch titles back in March 2011 was Ghost Recon Shadow Wars. A tactical RPG, strategy RPG, by Ubisoft, by a team at Ubisoft. It got a lot of, pre- a lot of praise, but not very many people bought it. So Ubisoft... Did they buy it? 
no, I'm part of the problem. But my, we're both part of the problem. Hey, if any of you listening out there bought uh, Ghost Recon Shadow Wars, tweet us at Round Nintendo and tell us from a scale of horrific to full of glee, that's a one to five, where does it rate for you? Uh, no, but it, um, yeah, it was a really good RPG. It was right there day and date with the 3DS, and I could very easily see Ubisoft taking that team and going to Nintendo and being like, hey, these guys made this, it did well from a critical reception perspective. What if we, like, Mario-fied it? And then we could throw on rabbits. Throw on characters that sell. Exactly. And I think I think that would... Uh, it makes sense to me. Like, why wouldn't Nintendo say yes to that? And really, that's kind of like the whole take us collaboration as a whole from my perspective. is like, why wouldn't Nintendo say yes? I mean, if you stop and think about it, it all kind of makes sense. It is super random at first brush. Like, it is the most random thing. Like, first, is it first brush or first blush? Brush. Brush? Okay, so I, are you sure? I'm not sure. I think it's first blush. I think I said brush. Again, if you know which one is correct, tweet us at Red Tendo with a scale of horrific to gleeful of what you feel about our misuse of the English language. But, uh, no, it is super random. Like, the most random thing. Like, it reminded me, I tweeted when it was announced. Do you remember the confusion in, like, 2006? 7? When, um... Maybe it was 2008 or 9. When, it, when Sega's like, hey, we're making a Sonic RPG with Bioware for the DS. It's like, wait, Bioware's making a Sonic rpg on the ds what so it's kind of that level of like craziness but once you get over that i feel like it kind of makes sense for multiple reasons because it lines up really well with nintendo's third-party initiatives like they've been doing this thing of letting other developers use their characters in new circumstances and new worlds and new gameplay mechanics a lot lately i, mean, I already mentioned hyrule warriors i already mentioned Pokémon. i already mentioned the mar well mario sports less so but hyrule warriors and Pokémon are two recent examples of that and simultaneously, they're also doing this whole thing with more licensing collaborations, like the van sneakers or the Universal theme parks, just to get you know just to get their IPs out there more to spread them as brands. Rabbids is pretty big in the West, not so much in Japan, but it is it has a TV show, has merchandise in Europe. It's much bigger where Ubisoft calls home. Um, it's already kind of associated with Nintendo platforms. It seems like it's just ripe for a Mario collaboration because not only do you get the games, but you get the tie-ins. You can make Mario t- Mario-ified Rabbids toys. You can make... You can have Mario do cameos in the TV show. You can have the Rabbids come to Mushroom Kingdom in the TV show. This is that brand expansion through and through. And also the other people can make games for us to beef up our library and present new gameplay to people through and through. It's literally both at once. It makes total sense from that perspective when you, like, stop and think, okay, Rabbids, Mario, I accept that. Yeah, what Why? Next? <laughs> with yeah. them crossing over with Mario, they've literally hit two of my trifecta of favorite franchises what's the other wait rabbits is your favorite fran- what no rabbits have invaded two of the what else two of my trifecta. Um, oh teenage ninja turtles yeah, ninja turtles smash up right yeah there were for some reason three playable rabbits in that game because they couldn't come up with any more ninja turtle characters <laughs> ubisoft just really wanted to like they really wanted to they be their smash bros splinter cell rabbit Ninja Turtle dressed up and rabbit. An Assassin's Creed and, rabbit. And, just, and just a regular rabbit. Oh, no Assassin's Creed rabbit. No, no Assassin's Creed rabbit. They really they wanted Ninja, Ninja Turtle, Turtle Smash Up to be their Smash Bros. So badly that they're like, let's stick our characters in there, even though no one asked for it. <laughs> Literally no you one were asked very, for it. I remember, what year was that? Like 2008? You were so, very frustrated. I mean, yeah. Like, not like the, visibly Because I mean, the rabbits and so, I mean, they were fun characters. Yeah. But, I mean, not even like. Bebop or Rock City or Leatherhead or I mean there were so many things to work with but I digress 
The, the funny thing about that is, like, I like Raving Rabbit. The original Rayman Raving Rabbits, where the rabbits are raving, and I'm not going to go through all that again, but I actually really liked that game when it came out. It was a really cool showcase of what bizarro things you could do with the Wiimote. Like, I, yeah, it's really, and so I liked the rabbits a lot for a while because of that, but then they, like, and to be fair, the rabbits are the original. Raving minions. reviews? It got decent reviews. On a scale of horrific to Gleeson, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know? No, you know, I was going to say, though, that um, the rabbits were basically the minions before minions were a thing. So you got to give them credit for that. So I actually don't mind this Mario thing the more I think about it. And like I said, oh, it makes yeah, sense. Cool. So I'm, I'm really curious to see what's going to happen. It's supposedly going to be a big cornerstone game for the Switch launch. They're going to show it at Janu- in January. There's all, apparently all sorts of little things, like uh, she, uh, Laura Kate Dale is reporting that, like, the Joy-Cons will rumble and stuff to indicate that the was like, in your controller. Like, they're invading your system, too. Like, I don't know. It sounds like it could be interesting. So right now, just to clarify, from Nintendo's perspective, our launch lineup is basically Mario, Splatoon, and Mario Cross Rabbids. One game we're not gang, which I kind of already mentioned, is uh, Zelda. Poor, hmm. poor Zelda. <laughs> so I think we all kind of assumed that when Zelda was coming... Out in 2017, and the Switch was coming out in 2017. Remember when it was coming out in 2016? I do. Remember it was coming out in 2015? Oh, that's right. Remember it was coming out in 2014? That that one never happened, actually. But um, I think we all assume Switch and Zelda are coming out the same year. It's going to be on Switch and Wii U at la- at the same time, which means it has to be at launch with the Switch, right? They're not going to put on a system that's three months dead. They are going to put on a system that's three months dead. So apparently, they are delaying it oh, um, to feel? just 2017. A little bummed. On a scale of... Of horrific to gleeful, uh, like a two out of five, which I guess is like perturbed, (laughs) (laughs) but but um, no, I mean it's really confusing because we we don't know for sure. Like, so Eurogamer reported this one. Eurogamer saying that it's getting delayed because they need to fully test the game. The game's done being developed right about now, within the next month, and then they need four or six months to test it, which is going to miss Q one. And then to further back that. GameStop had an investor call a couple days ago, and their CEO was like, here's our marketing plans for the first quarter, and on the chart was Zelda. And on their website said March 2017 for Zelda. And then 24 hours later, March 17 turned into 2017 for Zelda, and the chart, well, the meeting was over, so the chart stayed the same. But, but uh, yeah, so something's, something's up. But it is a little disappointing, I guess. But I'd rather have, I mean, Mimo always says, a uh, Delayed games eventually good, a bad game's bad forever. So I'd rather have it be delayed. Like if we have a, we have a fair amount because like the real question becomes: I think the Switch for the people that bought Wii U's for Zelda, they're still gonna get it. That's the thing. So yeah, I mean, yeah, but I mean, after I know, like the next console. <laughs> hey, they, well, they got Twilight Princess HD because yeah. you know they might have already played it, but now they could play it upresed <laughs> a little. I just hit something. And, and they got Wind Waker HD, something else they might have already played, but was completely revamped uh, and I mean, is basically oh, the same game. Honestly, those almost um, kind of feel like um, slaps to the face a little now. <laughs> they were kind of teasing I mean, I, yeah, a real Zelda. Yeah, because they, they're like, oh, we're still working on the next Zelda game, but here's something to hold you over just a little bit longer. And just well, now, 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 in Nintendo's defense... Uh, well, I don't, I don't, I'm just speaking from... No, 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 in Nintendo's defense, I get what you're doing. In Nintendo's yeah. defense, they are still bringing Zelda to Wii U. If you're yeah. that dude who bought it with Wind Waker and then got Twilight Princess and has played nothing else and feels you have not gotten your money's worth with the Wii U, according to these latest rumors, in June, at least in Europe, you will see Zelda on Switch and you will see Zelda on Wii U. And they will be a week apart for no clear reason. But if you're on Wii U, you wait one more week and you get Breath of the Wild in some sort of not probably as fully functionally running version. But nonetheless, you get your game. 
So, Nintendo's That's probably the promise. worst part, knowing that there's a better version of it for the console. Well, have. I mean, do you remember the Twilight Princess ordeal? Like, it's funny because no one really... The only thing I remember Twilight Princess oh, on GameCube... I forget it's on GameCube sometimes. Well, the only thing that's different is it's mirrored. They they switched Link to right-handed in the Wii version. So if you want, like, the true Twilight Princess, you play the GameCube one, which is left-handed. But no one really complained. Because the Wii hype swept away all the complaints. There were probably people complaining, but no one cared because it was like, oh my god, the Wii. The Switch has that... Is getting close to that buzz. It's on the trajectory for that buzz, assuming Nintendo doesn't botch it between now and March. Well, considering so, how, I don't know how many people are going to The Wii did worse than the Wii, than the GameCube, so... Yeah. Now, also, I can't really... That's a horrible counter-argument to imagine those people like, oh, Wii U and are bummed and like, but they'll get drowned in the hype. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, like, my point is, it's a no, very... I, I, I honestly <laughs> think it's a kind of small minority. It does suck for those few people. I think the real question... No, is, yeah, I mean, it's not that many people, but they are out there. Yeah, they are. And I think the real question is, um, does the Switch actually need Zelda at launch? Like, we were always like, oh, you need a game like Zelda at launch. But if I don't you think have, so. If, yeah. if it's going to have Mario, it definitely doesn't need Zelda. Those people, they've waited long enough. They could wait a little longer. They already know what's happening. They've seen footage of it. It's not like, when are they going to announce it? It's just a countdown at this point. Right. And it's literally in the launch window. It's and honestly, like, months. once you've seen footage of it... Supposedly. Like, my... Usually, um... Before a game is announced, that's kind of when I want it to come out the most. Mm-hmm. Like, before we even know it exists, like, Smash Bros. or whatever. But as soon as the game is officially announced and we see footage and stuff, that's when um, I'm okay with delays happening. Because, like, it usually does get better. Like, when you see, like, the alpha footage or just, like, trailers as, like, the game develops. Like, oh, man, if that come out when it was supposed to, it wouldn't have this. Or, I don't know. I'm just, I'm cool with delays. Once the right. game is already announced. It just seems easier. It is in that regard. And I, and I think, like, because a lot of people... Um, no, I, I get what you're saying. I think you're right. And I also think that the thing with Zelda is it was like, oh, you need this big meaty game to have day and day. You need a reason to have a Switch. Like, okay, well, Mario's a reason for single player. Um, uh, Splatoon's a reason to really be, to really show off the local multiplayer features and the online multiplayer features. You got your single player experience, Mario, your multiplayer experience with uh, with Splatoon, both of which also yeah, do the Skyrim, other. I mean, it's already you got Zelda. Skyrim for your Zelda fix to scratch that itch for a few months. You got Rabbids, Ra- Mario Rabbids, if you want like a deeper, not quite Skyrim experience, like a de- a different type of deeper experience. So, so far, there's two deep games and two not deep games in terms of, like... Depth. Yeah. <laughs> in terms of depth, there's two deep games and two shallow ones. Uh, not similar and shallow, you know what I mean? And on top of that, there's all sorts of games we don't know about. You still... I mean, there's even, like, Just Dance. That's not a big deal, but some people are going to want that at launch. And then there's unannounced games. Like, there's this rumor going around that Telltale, around launch, maybe on launch day, is going to launch an episodic Guardians of the Galaxy 2 video game to lead into the movie or just Guardians of the Galaxy I assume it probably won't share its plot but and that's gonna be on Switch from like roughly around launch day all the way up to the movie's release on May 5th my birthday so like there's stuff there's all sorts of different experiences to be had and that's just the rumors that we know so I think yes it kind of sucks that Zelda won't be there but pretty much everything you said like we know it's coming everyone knows it's coming it's only a few months there's plenty of other things to play I don't anticipate it being a huge issue yeah. Basically, it, basically, I agreed with you and said in a really long way, as I tend to do. Yeah. Same thing went for the Switch. I remember actually being glad that it was going to come out next year, like in March. Right. Why? Why was? Why was? Why? Um, I would like it this year. Just more time. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's fair. More, more time. To, more time to save money, play some other games. Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, recover from the holidays. There's already enough spending. That's true. Is. That's very true, especially since you bought 3ds. 
Yep, and the steel HR. What? The, the Withing, steel HR? The Withing steel HR. Oh, you got the new watch? Um, I don't have it on me yet, but... Is it... You know, we've been hanging out just for people that have been like listening that don't know. Okay, so we record the podcast. We are friends. We hang out. I've been here at his place for like three hours before recording. He just never bothered to mention his cool new watch. No, I don't have it yet. Oh, well, you never mentioned you got it. They, for people that were on the watch list, because they, as soon as. Wait, a a watch list? A watch list? Well, I guess like a a pre order list. I just like a first come, first serve list. list. Yeah, yeah. Because as soon as they announced it, they're like, oh, um, sign up for updates and we'll email you right when it becomes available. But then it got delayed, and then they sent out an email like, well, all right, you're like in the first blah, 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 so you can buy it right now, and you'll get it a few weeks before everyone uh, else. I got you. So now I'm just waiting. That makes sense. Um, but to reel it back to Nintendo, although that's cool, I want to see it, um, you should tweet a picture so our listeners have no idea what we're talking about can be like, oh, on scale horrific to the full of Glee, <laughs> I rated a whatever. Um, <laughs> but, but Zelda actually leads to another point um, to kind of reel this back. So we were saying, like, Zelda's coming out after launch now, it sounds like, corny era gamer, and that's not a big deal to us, it sounds like. And I feel like one of the big goals with the Switch that Nintendo has, and partly why Zelda can be delayed and it's not a big deal, is they are going to be trying their hardest to avoid a software drought for at least the first year of the Switch. I mean, they are going to be constantly pushing out games. Breath of the Wild fits that strategy, Mario Kart 8.5 8.5 or whatever you want to call that like enhanced version we saw on the Switch trailer that fits the strategy in the uh, actually in the case of Mario Kart so Emily Rogers um, her sources gave her some info on what will actually be in the new Mario Kart update or Mario Kart 8.5 or whatever you want to call it it will apparently be out within the first three months of the Switch so that means it and Zelda might actually come out very close together if the rumors of Zelda and June are true and what's also kind of funny about that is Mario Kart 8 original on the Wii U came out late May to great success, as everyone probably remembers. It was the, like, hot game of the summer that year. Three months would put Mario Kart 8.5 right in that same window. In other words, it can completely carbon copy the success of the first Mario Kart 8 with this enhanced version. But what's more interesting is what she said will be in it. It's going to, of course, have all the original content and all the DLC content. On top of that, it's got new tracks, new playable characters, and... Mm, wait for it. Those characters that were supposedly rumored... Probably yeah, that. Obviously, King Boo's in there because like we saw Egad and the dinosaur from Mario 3D World. Uh, Egad, I, actually, yeah, I can see them both being there. And Boo, King Boo's in the I trailer. Mean, they literally put random characters in town. That That's like, true. What? That's true. Um, but here, here's the real key one: a real battle mode, a proper battle mode. I mean, they're actually going to try. They actually heard people and went, "There's money to be made," and are playing in a real battle mode. <laughs> we give them what they want, and they then want they want to they pay buy. us. <laughs> So, in in other words, there's just enough content to make me double dip. There's enough content to make you double dip. If well, it's new characters, new tracks, battle mode. I mean, I'm, you're saying you were probably going to double dip anyway. But. Oh, I was, even if they had no new content. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> so, so the token could literally just be like, here's the disc we gave you two years ago as a cartridge, and you'd be like, sweet, and pay, pay $60? Yeah, because I don't want to have to plug the Wii U and the Switch on at the same time. I want to just have... I want to simplify it. Okay. Because, see, I have all my consoles under my TV, like a whole, like, 
three shelves left. Oh, we're probably so. going to use a lot of that space for figures. Uh, we do have a lack yeah. of shelves. And yeah. controllers, because we have a lot. I mean, we have to provide controllers for, like, all our guests. You so. do have, like, 17 controllers for any one system at any one time. Uh, On a scale of horrific to Gleeple, uh, <laughs> I would rate it horrific know, just in the, the sheer Wii, numbers. Just the Wii controllers. We have, like, four Wii modes. We had eight, but I gave away all the non-Wii Motion Plus ones. I know, I have one. Too many. I think I have one. Yeah, you do. I don't and remember which one. Like but... four nunchucks, four classic controller pros, two, yeah, two Wii U Pro controllers. I forgot what else now. And then throwing a bunch of PlayStation right. Four stuff, PlayStation Three stuff. Right, but no Xbox. Yeah, I never had an Xbox, and yet I have four copies of Four's. Oh, there it is. Four copies of whatever that says. Look behind you. Drive. I can't turn around at the single. Yeah, you see those four copies of random Xbox game. Why do you have four copies of Codemasters Hit Racing Game Drive? (laughs) (laughs) I wish I knew the answer. I don't know how I ended up with four copies. I don't even own a regular Xbox. How'd you end up with one? (laughs) Battle of the Three Bonus. I know they were free. And I think Uh, think it was Halloween. Why don't you go sell them to GameStop? I'm sure they'll make like $6 total. That's way more than I would have expected. (laughs) (laughs) No, seriously, why are they here? I think they were like trick-or-treat treats a long time ago. Who gives out video games? What? What? I know, right? Um, we're in a good neighborhood, I guess. There, there's a dude, when I was still growing up in Montana, there's a guy who, if you went to his house, he was pretty well off. First kid at his house would get a new game system. Wow. Every other kid just a Snickers bar. <laughs> so he, he kind of like blew his load early in that regard. But it's just like, here's here's your Xbox, you. Here's half a Reese's. But, um, but yeah. Anyway, uh, well, Mario Kart. So it sounds like we're both in. Oh, yeah, racing game drive. Yeah, yeah. Mario Kart. So we're both in on that. But that's just one example. Of yeah, kind of same thing with Smash Brothers. Like, yeah, I'm okay with them getting the same game, but it'd be nice if they, since they don't longer have the 3DS to hold them back, why not just throw in ice, ice timers or whatever the character they thought they wanted to make but couldn't. Like, Get ready, all the Ridley playable Ridley like rumors to start up. Like again. those Rhythm Heaven trio that were supposedly a thing. Oh yeah, yeah, that was I like, forgot about that. That'd be cool. Yeah, that the was around the time. Guys. Yeah, that was around the time that everything was like coming true. Like, oh my god, this character was true. And then everything except that came true, and yeah. you, literally Mr. everything, Heaven fan. everything but that. I'm gonna guess on that scale, you were at horrific. Opposed. I need to stop milking this joke, but it's just so fun. Uh, but no, that's not what I was gonna say. So that's supposed to be out within the first six months, apparently. Um, Smash Bros. Oh, the rhythm. <laughs> no, rhythm. Smash Bros. Imagine if they poured rhythm heaven. But yes, yeah, wasn't Smash there Bros. a rumor of a rhythm heaven? Switch? For Switch? Not that I'm aware of, but possibly. I, I read that on Go Nintendo. It was like, Could be a wish. It probably wasn't from... Reliable sources like Laura Kate Dale, Eurogamer, and Emily Rogers. Yeah, I remember <laughs> reading like, oh, there's going to be three skews. There's going to be a Mario skew, a Splatoon skew, and a Rhythm Heaven skew or something like that. Are you sure you weren't dreaming? <laughs> it sounds like your ideal skew, but it doesn't... I don't... I don't... Know. I don't... How... Who... Who are they targeting I mean, with it that? It clearly doesn't matter. Who, no, 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 no. I'm just thinking from Nintendo's perspective... The game's never done well. <laughs> they had Beyonce promote the original, and it still didn't sell well. Like, who is that appealing to? Beyonce, I guess. The Bayhive. I mean, it's really just a. a really it's for you. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a personal gift from Nintendo to you. I be, I like Harry looking it up now, as if I. Yeah. Know. Well, just for me, just yeah. to see if it was a dream. It may be a dream, but uh, but the, the whole thing about Mario Kart and Smash and Zelda is it's this idea that. A lot of what's going to carry Nintendo through the next year are these constant releases for the Switch, and in a lot of cases, ports. And um, another example of that, this idea of enhanced ports becoming more and more of a thing, comes courtesy of, once again, Laura Kate Dale, and uh, it is a Switch port. I don't know if you're about this one, Angel, but it's a Switch port of Xenoblade Chronicles X, hmm. which... Is that going to make you double dip? I never bought it the first time. What? 
So it's supposedly going to be out within the first six months. No way. And way. And I have to say... Uh, no, Nora Kingdale said this. She said Rhythm Heaven? Apparently. Wait. Hold on. No, I'm up on my rumors. Thank you very much. Can I see that? Yeah, look. Another vital tidbit is... Blah, 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 blah. Rhythm Heaven, blah, blah, blah. This is not Laura Kate Dale. On the top is it Laura Kate Dale. No, this is from PvP Live, who we previously covered on the show as being the guys that said Nintendo's going after... Right. That is, uh, is going after um, esports players. And they want to do, like, competitive Splatoon. Remember we talked Didn't about Nintendo that? Didn't Nintendo already come out and say that they just want to have a presence but not actually go all out? Did they say that? I, I, I know for a fact, like, someone asked Nintendo... A separate source claims that there's uh, a Rhythm Heaven game with Nintendo characters. This oh. is from MobyPicker.com. I've never heard of them, to be honest. But it doesn't mean it's not true. Rumors start... You have to... In order to become credible, you have to start well, somewhere. Well, I guess I'm saying, I mean, I guess it's not Rhythm Heaven per se. It's just... No, it'll be Rhythm Heaven gameplay starring Nintendo character. That sounds like a pretty... Which makes more sense. That actually sounds like They're, a pretty easy win. Yeah. And doesn't... I mean... Well... That game uh, can't be hard so to the, make the, it anyway. So the article from Moby Picker has the title of Nintendo Switch Price and Release Date Confirmed for, for PAL Territories, which is Europe. I... Starting with confirmed is not a good sign. I want your idea of Rhythm Heaven to be true. I didn't even think of it as Nintendo characters. That actually would be really cool and really smart. Well, I mean, they kind of tried that with... Um, well, I mean, it is made by the WarioWare team. And some unlockable minigames just replace all the characters with WarioWare characters. Yeah. So it's almost like a, like a nice... Like, oh, Super yeah, Rhythm yeah, Brothers. Yeah, like like Super Smash Brothers. Yeah, this could work. Even though I like the original characters. I do too. I like their quirk. Yeah. But but Xenoblade Chronicles... I literally have one right here. You do. You... Uh, Got that from the Rhythm Heaven Fever launch yeah. at IM8 Bit here in LA that we went to. There, if you listen, fifth anniversary and all. If you listen to all of our old episodes, I think it's from like February 2012. We give impressions of this event. After the event, we started recording at like 1 a.m. that night. If you, I distinctly remember. Also, Nintendo had an open bar there, so that was an experience. Uh, was it open bar, or did we pay? It was open. Right, only beer and wine, but still. When it's open, you can work with anything, really. Uh, but but let's 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 go back to Xenoblade for a sec. I was gonna say, um, yeah, something about you not double dipping. I've never bought it, so I couldn't have double dip. <laughs> but what's what's weird about Xenoblade is, so we have no idea what's gonna differentiate from the Switch version. But I don't necessarily know if it needs to differentiate because here, like we've talked about these ports and the idea that like Mario Kart and Splatoon and Smash Bros, all three of those, the argument is you're porting them to Switch because. They did well on Wii U, but they hit that artificial ceiling because you can't have evergreen sales when your audience is so small on the Wii U, you need more people. Xenoblade is almost the opposite in that it didn't do stupendous on Wii U. It did decent for what it was in limited editions, but it didn't sell particularly great. But Nintendo put so much money and time and effort into this game that they're probably looking and going, you know, we could quickly move it to Switch as is. Not that many people would have to worry about double dipping. Because there were that many that bought it, and then we can make back a lot of our money. It's probably very cheap to port. So I suspect that anything we see in Xenoblade Chronicles X is going to be pretty minimal in terms of new stuff. And uh, Laura Kate Dale said that a third party is handling the porting duties, which frees up Mod to continue working on this new project they're apparently making. So it's not even interfering with development of new games. And my guess is that Tantalus, the guys behind Twilight Princess HD, HD are going to be the ones that are doing uh, Xenoblade. It's an educated guess. What they do? Huh? Isn't that what they do? That's what they do. And as we talked about last episode, they did say that they're porting a game for Nintendo you wouldn't expect, and they did say that it hasn't been announced yet. So, I mean, if it's for Nintendo and it hasn't been announced, which means it's, it's not Kart, it's not Splatoon, expect. 
I don't think I would have expected this. It makes sense for the reasons I just ran through, yeah. but I don't think if you ask me what game's coming to Switch, I don't think I'd immediately say Xenoblade. But it does make a certain amount of sense. So, so that's coming. That's just another game that's padding out this first year. And then after that, presumably, uh, we're going to see an enhanced version of Pokemon Sun and Moon. Or to be more specific, Eurogamer is claiming that we're going to see the third version of Sun and Moon, which is currently codenamed Stars, sometime in the later part of 2017 on the Switch instead of on the 3DS. First off, it should be called Eclipse. Yeah. You said that last episode. You were 100,000% correct. And if they don't change Stars to Eclipse, they might as well just throw that entire game in a trash bin somewhere because like, it's not worth it. Yeah. <laughs> but a little extreme, maybe. But um, second... Nintendo must have been super mad when Eurogamer put this report out. Eurogamer reported this the day Sun and Moon launched on 3DS. Now, I don't think it affected a great number of people, but I am sure there are some people who said, oh, I'll just wait for Stars, the third version, the better version, in 20, late 2017, instead of playing Sun and Moon now on the like inferior 3DS systems. I can hold out. So people that might have double-dipped might now just wait. So that kind of sucks for Nintendo. But, the, of course, the reason is, why would you wait for stars? Or the question is, why would you wait for stars? And uh, beyond the usual third version enhancements that they always do, you know, new features and whatnot, is going to be the first mainline Pokemon RPG, I keep talking like this, in HD on a home console, ever. They apparently have been, in tandem with Sun and Moon, developing the third version, which apparently they do for all of it. They always... To make them in tandem, then pause the third version and finish the first two and then come back to the third version. But they've been doing it and up-resing and HDifying every asset, every part of the game. In fact, Eurogamer points out, and I went back, and yeah, it's true. Do you remember the reveal of Sun and Moon back in uh, February where they had that, like, developers making the game video? Mm-hmm. In that video is a render of Pick-a-Peck, the bird. Yeah, in Maya. Yeah. But it's way higher res than what the 3DS outputs. Why would it be? No, I, at the time, I was just like, that's weird. Like, I remember seeing it and being like, oh, they must down-res it. No, this was probably... What your game is saying is, no, this is stars for the Switch. It's HD because it needs to be in HD because the game will be in HD. Which is kind of cool. It's, I feel like I'm making a bigger de- a huge deal out of here staring at me blankly because it's like, whatever. But that's significant for Pokemon to jump to HD. That is kind of... And to go to a home console, that is kind of a, a thing. So, So the question becomes... Oh, and yes, Eurogamer says it'll support Pokemon Bank before you even, you don't even have to ask. But the question becomes, what would make you buy Pokemon Sun and Moon again? Would would HD be enough? Would they have to do something like a Battle Tower um, or equivalent like well, that? Well, I mean, they have a Battle Tower. Right, so like, like that they need, but like, in the other third versions, that was the new thing. I don't know, so. I guess. I don't know. Because the thing is, like, I don't know if I want a third version like on the con. Because I was thinking about that, like, even before I bought Sun and Moon. Like, just toying with the idea, like, what if they make one for the Switch? Like, should I just wait in case? This is, like, even before the rumor came out. Yeah. And I realized that the Switch, I don't know, the 3DS is just way more portable. I mean, it's obviously designed that way. And mm-hmm. for Pokemon, like, it, I just can't see myself ever... It's a Pokemon... It's a game I want to take with me everywhere. And I can't see myself doing that with the Switch. Like, I'll take it to a few places, but that game I do play a lot... Outside of the house and inside of the house. So what happened? The only reason for me to would want to want like a home version of Switch, I mean yeah. of Pokemon, 
Where for it to be like a battle revolution of sorts, like they would mm-hmm. have to have like a significant portion of the game that's dedicated to just so a battle mode. Yeah, like the pure battle mode. Wait, which wait? I'm sensing your your for years on this show. There's been a through line with you. You just want a battle simulator. That's all you've ever wanted. <laughs> yeah, I don't really. Yeah, I don't want to have to go to the store. Just like let me pick yeah. my team, pick the stats, and just battle. And just battle. Yeah. So see, that would be something that would make sense as a new addition for a third version. Because like I've never bought a third version of pokemon the closest i came was yellow when i was in peak pokemon fandom when i was a pokeholic and i was like oh my god pikachu follows you but that's the closest i've ever come i didn't get crystal i didn't get emerald i didn't get others that i don't even know the names of i just didn't so i don't know like the hd is kind of cool but i don't even care the portability thing doesn't even bother me as much because i don't really play games like on a bus or what's the thing like i mean if there aren't meaning that means besides the hdifying like it's like i can't like, like honestly HDifying it isn't even a a word. Like, okay, it isn't. But <laughs> I said it first. It, it doesn't even really feel like a plus, like a like something you use to like, like oh, this one's in HD. Like, it's yeah. not a. I don't know. It doesn't help convince its case. Yeah. The only thing that would help would be other features, but I feel like a game like Battle Revolution or Coliseum, like something more in that sense, mm-hmm. makes more sense for the Pokemon console game. Something that you could just be like, oh, want to play on our TV? Well, let's just um, link our systems, our games to. Yeah. or and, each of you grab a grab a con and log into your pokemon yeah, that's the thing too like when i think of a pokemon game on tv it's like oh you want to battle with other people something that you could use in tournaments but you kind of kind of it's its own version that's, that's, the not, thing. that's what gets weird with the switch like, is, like, is it going to be a hub is it going to have a separate menu item on the main screen that says um oh play pokemon stars or go to tournament mode where you just no you travel to a certain place in the game and you do See, it but there. that doesn't like make sense, towers. though. Because what if you want to use, like, because then you're... Or maybe you have a tool that teleports you there. Because or maybe it's in every Pokestop's basement. Yeah, but that's it. Like, because that's in plan you're going to use the team inside of Pokemon Stars. Like, let's say... Well, no, not necessarily. Because right now, the Pokemon Global Link, they're adding a feature to that rent... Just sounds, that just Hold sounds on. very roundabout and dumb. Well, wait, 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 wait. They're letting you rent a team in Sun and Moon. Do you know that? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's, it'd be an extension of that. Yeah, but that's just in HD on your TV. Uh, well, uh, okay. Or they could, yeah, they could, because right now you, you open the game, it's like Pokemon, Mystery Gift, something else. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, they could just, yeah, they could just add Because it doesn't make, like, let's say, like, I have Pokemon Stars, and you and another friend that, yeah, you and Elvis want to play against sure. each other on the TV. Like, it doesn't mean, like, oh, all right, let me just run to the city, oh, go to yeah, this yeah, menu, yeah, 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 yeah. just so both of you could play, because if you play... Cause, yeah, because if I just play you, it's going to be my team versus yours, and right. I'll be on the TV and you won't. I, I feel like, yeah. I feel like and the, they do have ways to hide the attacks because every other game just um maps the buttons on the screen to... Yep. Yeah, it, 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 hides it. it hides it, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I will say two things. One, um, I think the a battle mode, like you're describing, would be a differentiator that could actually make this more significant. Because, like, Crystal, they introduced, yeah, because feel uh, like, like, cell phone battles. Yeah, because... Like, uh, that sort of thing. It's like, this is that equivalent. I, they I need like, something. I feel like they have to, too, because, um, they're... I mean, Pokemon on... The Pokemon VGC has been getting bigger. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah, like, they're streaming the 3DS screen. But I feel like if they want to make a bigger deal, they want to stream, like, an HD version. Yeah. So they're going to have to set up a set up a system for players to go in, connect their 3DSs, play the game on the on the Switch, and then log out. Next to people come in. Just, like, quick. That would be super cool. I mean, the 3DS version has a separate menu item called Live Event. Yeah. Or Live uh, something. Live Competition. I forgot mm-hmm. what it's called. Mm-hmm. And you literally just click there. You do the infrared to connect to your opponent, and it's, like, 
all registered with the current tournament. You know what would be super cool? Just Battle mode lets you log into your Pokemon Bank. And Pokemon Bank in the future, when they relaunch in January, lets you store your favorite team as like a carbon copy in it. For use on friends' systems and friends' games. Mm. And then, because if you can rent a team, you can in theory import your team. There's nothing stopping you. If they can say your team doesn't have to be a physical team that exists in the game, it's something we give you temporarily, there's nothing stopping you from taking the stats from your team and they're synced to the cloud See, and like, plopping and them into a switch on your friend's TV and doing Balmo where you each log into your Pokemon bank. Dude, and they have like done like stuff or, similar to that before yeah. where there, there is literally... Um, in Diamond and Pearl, there's a in your PC, there's like a box that's literally just called the Battle Box. Uh-huh. And you just drop six Pokemon in there. You can't use them anywhere else except when you're just battling random people online. Like they're just your preset battle team. Like exactly. You, you have quick access to them. You don't have to do anything. It's just, bam. But I, I would argue that for whatever scheme I'm com- we're coming up with here now, that they should mimic... You should be able to have a battle team that can mimic the same Pokemon you have in the game if you want. Like, it shouldn't be like you have oh, yeah. to put it in your box yeah, yeah, or you yeah, put, it, put a little star next to them. Like yeah, and then they'll be your battle team. Yeah, because that would be really cool. And honestly, like, if they combine Pokemon Bank with, say, the Nintendo Network... Or uh, my Nintendo... The Nintendo membership thing, that's... An easy way see, to get people to there, keep... But, see, that's the thing, yeah. It has to be a hub game, not so much its own game. Because I'm not... Or it could just be a secondary mode within a clip, or stars. Yeah, but then that's going to make it tough. Because I don't want to play through that whole game again. No, it says you have to. Just import your Pokemon into... No, no, ba- oh. That's because I'm basically saying I'm going to pay 60 or 70 bucks or whatever. 60. For just fun. the hub menu part. No, well, no. You get the whole battle simulator, in theory. That's How is that different than playing for Battle Revolution? No, that's it. For just that simulator... Yeah, how's that different than Battle Revolution? Because that's all it was. It gave you a whole bunch of other modes. Oh. Uh, yeah, well, I see, I, uh, it's weird because I can totally see Nintendo saying this is the differentiator I mean, like, yeah. with, with stars because, like I started to say before, so Emerald, they had the bow, Battle Tower for the first time, I believe. They had the right? Battle Frontier. Battle Frontier. And then Crystal, they had the online gaming through cell phones where you could connect your Game Boy Link cable to a cell phone, in Japan at least. And then the bat, they had a tower there for the Americas, I think. But they kept doing these things where it's like battles become more prevalent and battles become yeah, more I mean, of a thing. I mean, that'd be this cool. is that equivalent of battles becoming more of a thing. So if it were to happen. I mean, I guess, I guess it just comes down to I hope it's priced right because it it's is. It's going to be full. I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it just kind of sucks because I feel like the majority of people that would want the battle simulator, the battle mode, are going to be people that already have the game. Yeah. And yeah, it's like, yeah, that's pretty much it. Or I could also see them just. Having a separate download on the eShop that's like, oh, I want to just pay for this battle mode? And that would that. be smart. Actually, you can either get stars with it included or pay separately, much like yeah. Star Fox Zero came with Star Fox Guard, or you could just buy Star Fox Guard. Yeah, there is a precedent for them doing that. Yeah, there's stuff like that already that they've done. Just like separate the home mode entirely. That's not a bad that idea. Makes sense. Nintendo, I hope you're listening. I, could easily see them I doing hope they're listening. I hope they do that because that'd be awesome. So that will make you double dip. Well, it's not, I'm not even double dipping. Or, or not even double dipping. <laughs> that, that would make me buy That make you get a, into... A part that isn't even confirmed yet. <laughs> that This hypothetical thing would make you double dip on the assets that are currently used in Sun and Moon being HD-ified and put into a new game. So basically I'm not double dipping. Or <laughs> I don't all. plan to double dip. At all. Yeah, I I can't see... I, I guess it'll be a wait and see, but like I never buy third versions. I can't see anything that convinced me to. Yeah. Off the top of my head. But but this comes close, so we'll, we'll see what they do. Yeah, I mean, I could... On a time. I mean, it would be coming out a long time from now. Yeah, supposedly next fall. So, oh man, that's, uh, that's too soon. But I mean, yeah, you put hundreds of hours into Pokemon, thousands of hours into Pokemon. So I imagine you'll be sun yeah, and moon yeah, in the too, summer. Like, like, I would like to, like, if that's the case, like, 
like, oh, can't I just transfer all my save data to yeah. the Switch version? But probably not because it's going to be Pokemon Star, some third version. Mm-hmm. And I know they like to do this thing where, like, oh, this one takes place, like, a few months later where now everything is snowy and whatever. But this is in Alola. So this one's in zero gravity. This is, You're in uh, the stars. One of the volcanoes erupted and now there's, like, more magma everywhere. I don't know. There's something. Spoiler? Was that a spoiler? I don't know if that's a spoiler. No. I, 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 no, I made that up. I made up a uh, scenario where, like, now the terrain is somewhat different. Uh, gotcha. Oh, For I those that played yeah. it before are going to yeah. have a slightly new experience. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. I, I will say there is a all the Pokemon, Xenoblade, Splatoon, all of this. There are these running themes that I noticed as we've been talking about these for about an hour now. These rumors and there are a couple constant themes across all these rumors that I think are actually pretty significant. Like Pokemon is just part of this bigger strategy that Nintendo has. I think so. Whatever Stars becomes, whether it's a, like a barely there third version where you're basically doing a rehash or whether they do a crazy cool battle simulator like we want whatever stars has in it i think it's an example of this bigger trend they're doing and that is a really intentional emphasis on having rpgs on the switch in mass i mean you've got pokemon you've got mario cross rabbits you've got skyrim I want to see you've got, there's rumors I mean, that could happen just port the arcade version. They already have the. Hey, it could be the same way with Smash if the championship. And the controller already works. It's a USB controller, so. Damn. Yeah, actually, no. Uh, Pokemon would be perfect because they have all the new arcade content, like you're saying. Um, there's a precedence for Mario Kart 8 to 0.5, or whatever you call it, to basically take what exists and then build on. You know, add in the extra DLC and build on it. It'd be that. I can see it happening. But the, the the point I was gonna say is, fighting game aside, you got Pokemon, you got Mario Rabbids, you got Skyrim, you got Xenoblade, all on Switch supposedly within the first eight to like or six to 12 months for comparison the wii u had tokyo mirage session xenoblade and i think that's it in terms of rpgs for four years and in six months six to 12 months the switch will double that i think that that is a very significant and intentional strategy i think pokemon is just part of this bigger move that nintendo's doing and i think that move is to get those rpg fans on board because nintendo handhelds i'd argue since like the game boy advance days have been synonymous with RPGs. We have joked that all that was coming out for 3DS these last couple years has been RPGs. And it really feels that way. Like, I pulled a list. Just looking at the 3DS alone. So DS, 3DS, Game Boy Advance, they're all... They're all, yeah, even, um, they're all the RPG heavy. Yeah, but... Yeah, Monster Hunter even is in a sense. But ignoring Monster Hunter, you've also got Fire Emblem, you've got Pokemon, you've got uh, Shimigami Tensei, Yokai Watch, Etrian Odyssey, Tales of the Abyss, Bravely Default, and Second, that game Blue Oasis that comes out next year. All those are on 3DS just in the last couple years. Well, a little more than a couple. I think Tales of the Abyss is from, like, 2012. But my, my point is, like, RPGs are a huge thing on Nintendo handhelds, and they're a proven thing on Nintendo handhelds. Look at how well Fire Emblem did. Look how Bravely Default did. I don't know how Bravely Second did. I don't think it was quite as well. But they're these big... Fr- Bravely... Fire Emblem was on the cusp of being canceled as a franchise, and then Awaken, uh, Fire Emblem Awakening turned that around, and then Fates blew up even more. Nintendo has this baked-in audience on their handhelds of RPG aficionados, and if they want them to migrate to what's essentially sort of their next handheld, they're calling it their home console, but the thing can be played on the go, it feels like giving them all these RPGs within the first year is really a very specific play to get them to come to the Switch. You like your 3DS? Check out the Switch. It's like that, but the RPGs are even crazier and more in-depth. Even Breath of the Wild in some ways. It's open-endedness and everything. 
the fact that you're like really you have to worry about food and all these other things you have to craft things you things break like even that feels somewhat rpg-ish like it it really feels like they're a key key demographic and it seems like nintendo's really targeting them which makes sense they are they have driven a lot of sales on 3ds so you would want them on switch that that's trend number one i noticed trend number two in these rumors or theme number two and unfortunately not is like oh that's cool and that is, for those of us who own both the 3DS and Wii U and kept up with all the games as they released, boy, are there a lot of ports. Like, a lot of ports. Like, in the first year of Switch, there are a lot of ports. If these rumors are true, we are looking at what we know of so far, three original games from Nintendo versus at least four, quote-unquote, enhanced ports for the Switch in the first year. So there's more old content than there is new content. So for a lot of average Joe gamers, that's cool. It doesn't matter. But for the diehards who might buy every game at launch, mm. it take it takes a little oomph out of the lineup. I feel like, and like I'm sure I'm gonna double dip on a few. I you have said you're gonna double dip on a few. Like it doesn't bother me too much, but it does kind of dampen a little bit of the hype because it's like, oh, cool. There's Mario Kart again. Oh, oh, there's Smash again. Oh, there, there's Xenoblade. Oh, there's right Pokemon. There, yeah, it's like, it's not necessarily bad. It's just kind of a thing that's happening. And third parties are jumping on board, too. I mean, Warner Brothers Interactive, for example, just announced in a tweet. They didn't even bother, like, making a press release. Just randomly in a tweet, they're like, oh, by the way, Legacy Undercover coming to the Switch. As well as PS4 and Xbox One and PC. But for this purpose, coming to the Switch. That was a Wii U launch exclusive, and it's now on the Switch. I assume they're going to at least put in the uh, 3DS version content, the uh, Lego City Undercover The Chase Begins. I imagine that prequel content will be in this version and be up But that's just yet another game that Wii U owners potentially have played for years and is now suddenly quote-unquote new again. And the, and the funny thing is, is like even though the ports on some level are kind of bummer, I feel like they're also the Switch's main selling point in a way, which makes it really conflicting. Because, like, we talked for an hour now about how cool it would be. Like, oh, I'll double dip on Mario Kart, or I'll, I'll get Splatoon because of single player, or Smash Bros. more characters would be nice. Pokemon more characters would be nice. We're fine with it. But they're not... Whoops, I just whacked the table. They're not quote-unquote new experiences. It kind of drives that. Like, even, like... The selling point is like, oh, yeah, but now you can play Skyrim on the go. Now you can play Pokemon everywhere. Now you can do local multiplayer Splatoon. That's something that I'm like, yeah, I'm on board for that. And it is one of the main attractions. And as you even pointed out, NVIDIA is selling developers on, hey, you can port your PS4 and your Xbox One, your PS3 and your Xbox 360 games really easily. We made the chipset so easy. That's something you were saying, like, what, half an hour ago now? And it's kind of working. Electronic Arts says they're bringing, quote, unquote, one of their biggest games to Switch. The producer of Tekken 7 was being weirdly coy about Tekken coming to Switch. And it's just like, oh, we find the system. We were quite surprised by the system, which is like, as in terms of power, is that what you mean? Who knows? So, like, people are bringing stuff, which means we are overall getting more games. It's just some of them are very familiar, hmm. which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Like, now that I think about it, now that I'm, like, saying this out loud, I'm thinking maybe, maybe it's not really a problem. I mean, we've seen pretty gung-ho about it. So I mean, it's, just, it it's just when you stop and look at the list yeah. and you're like, there's so many ports. I mean, it is and it isn't. I mean, I'm definitely fine with it because a lot of those games that they're porting over are games that I'm not necessarily done playing. Right. So that's definitely like a plus. Yeah, I guess. I guess I, like Smash Bros. Like, I'm nowhere near where I was with Brawl like the years in when I was like, yeah, I'm kind of over this. Right yeah. Now. You, you know, I think it is, at least from my perspective. Well, the online helps. 
It's definitely better help. I think what is for my yeah oh, oh yeah online oh, always helps. Better things. fix Smash Bros. <laughs> online. Like yeah, like it was a nice attempt before Glory and for fun, but yeah, fix that and tournament mode. Jeez, tournament mode. I've been disappointed yeah. like that since. Well, presumably Championship Edition, as we've dubbed it. I like how we're treating our own made-up dream game as a reality now. When Championship Edition of Smash Bros. comes out, it will have a tournament mode. I promise you. Yeah. Uh, no, but I was going to say, it's kind of funny because, like, when you're in the nitty-gritty talking about these games, they all sound awesome. And then it, when I when I was, like, looking at and these... And then they come out. No, no, but when I, I, like, zoomed out at, like, a macro level, I was, like, looking at the list of games that we're going to be talking about this episode. And I'm just like, we've played some... Like, the list, the... Wi- the fact that there's a wave of ports is more disappointing than the wave of ports. The fact that I see a list and go like, oh, or the concept, I guess. The concept of all these ports, I'm like, oh, that's a bummer. But then we talk about the ports, like, oh, that's awesome. So I, maybe I'm just very conflicted. I don't know. I mean, and the, and the funny thing is now that I think about it even more, it's like, so what? It's only going to be the first year or two, and there's new content coming out. We got Mario Rabbids, whatever that turns into. We got a brand new Mario. We've got... um uh, Pikmin. Mm-hmm. I'm sure whatever Pikmin turns into, Pikmin 4 is going to be on Switch yeah, at this Zelda point. Zelda at some point. We have Zelda. Oh, yeah, of course. We have Zelda Breath of the Wild. But, yeah, apparently Pikmin 4 is actually being turned into sort of a reboot for Pikmin, and it will be on Switch. Um, well, I don't know if it's a bad... No, I don't know if it's necessarily a bad reboot or just they're going back to the basics of Pikmin 1 and 2 versus, like, trying to juggle a bajillion people in Pikmin 3. See, that's the thing, though. Like, Pikmin 3 was fine. Like, it was just it, too short. It had... Yeah, like... It ended right when it was getting good. Like, they had so much potential with the three yeah. captains, and I feel like that was barely realized in the DLC. Like, we saw a taste of it, and we're like, wow, they could have really made some tough levels, because they yeah. did, yeah. but just not in the main game. Well, again, again, to be clear, um, that's just a rumor about Pikmin. Granted, it's yeah. from the same Laura Kate Dale as everything else we've talked about, but still just a rumor. But, but on top of that, there's all sorts of stuff we don't know about. For example, in Europe, Nintendo just trademarked Wave Race, which I'm very excited for. I love Wave Race. So, who knows if the trademark means anything, but why would they out of the blue trademark Wave Race all of a sudden? There seems to be this murmur, I wouldn't even call it a rumor, there's like this murmur that maybe Nintendo's getting back into the sports games again. Like the extreme sports, like Wave Race, 1080 Snowboarding, Bike. There's some murmurings that perhaps the Switch will see them come back, which is maybe one of the reasons that NBA 2K17 was so prominently featured in the trailer, was this idea that, oh, they're going to get back and make sports a big thing. Again, like in the 90s, you know, saying how Mario 64, they have that whole revival. They could bring back the whole, like, the whole Nintendo Sports sub-brand and play off that nostalgia. Remember 1080, remember Wave Race. For me, Wave Race is cool because, like, I don't know if I ever told you this. Maybe I did. But when I was a kid, for a long time, so I got Wave Race pretty early in my N64 life. And for a long time, before school every morning, I would play, not the races, the practice mode. Because in the practice mode, you can uh, just run around and do trick or uh, what a wave around mm-hmm. uh, jet ski around and do tricks off the ramps and stuff but more importantly you could ride a dolphin if you knew the right way to manipulate the game I don't remember if it was a cheat code or what so I'd always try to ride the dolphin and I just had fun just going through this like open sandbox of practice mode and then Blue Storm came out and I made the mistake of not getting it at launch um, I ended up getting it like years later for a discounted price but man that was a really like the wire physics were really good and like it was a fun game it wasn't it didn't capture for me, the same, like, charm as the open sandbox of practice mode when I was a little kid. Like, there actually was no practice mode in Blue Storm, which disappointed me. Mm. But, Wavers is a great franchise, and, like, we haven't seen it, with the exception of Wii Sports Resort, we haven't seen any reference to it in, since 2001. So I would love for this rumor to be true. And, oh, and also, the murmurings about 1080 and Wave Race, F-Zero has also been thrown around. Who knows if it's a pipe dream or what, but 
Waivers could be the start of something great for Switch. That kind of proved my point that maybe the ports don't matter. Even though I'm the one that brought up the whole opposition to the ports. I'm contradicting myself like crazy. I think I'm just thinking out loud as I'm going here. But yeah, maybe the ports don't matter. We're going to get some cool new games. The game, the ports that we are getting are going to be great. And frankly, no matter what happens with the Switch lineup, I'm pretty sure it's going to fare better for Nintendo than their current crop of games. At least in terms of sales. So unless you have any thoughts on the Switch before we transition, that brings us to MPD sales numbers for October. What that are the my... sales? Huh? What are the sales numbers for well, October? Well, they're not so hot. Um, so the industry is actually up 6%. Uh, which is which is pretty good, but Nintendo did not contribute to that really at all. Um, not a single game in the top 10 of NPD's software sellers was even available for a Nintendo system, let alone by Nintendo. In fact, only one new release of Nintendo's managed to even sell uh, copies in the six-digit range, and that is Paper Mario Color Splash, which, according to leaked numbers, sold about 100,000 copies in the three to four weeks is on the tr- uh, in the tracking, which is not bad at all. But I feel like if we were in the Wii U's Prime, or if this was any other Nintendo system at any other point in its life, I feel like a Paper Mario game would have sold more than 100,000. Granted, this one's a little weird because it had the whole controversy that it's not an RPG, but it is an RPG, but it's not all an RPG. But um, ignoring that, I feel like even with, actually even with that, it could probably still do a little better. Um, and, it, and it's really, to be clear, it's not horrible when you compare it to Nintendo's other release of October, uh, so the 3DS saw Disney's Magical World 2 get released. This is, as you may or may not know, a Japanese Animal Crossing of sorts set in the Disney world, plural, all the Disney worlds, uh, by Namco Bandai and Nintendo brought over. Um, it sold 10,000 copies. That's like nothing. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Uh, and the problem for Nintendo is their stuff from September that I think they expected to have some legs doesn't really have as many legs as they thought. So, Yokai Watch, Yokai Watch 2, two versions. Fleshy bone and spiny, but what is it called? It's like fleshy bone and spiny face, fleshy spine, spine face Wasn't bone. boom, bony skeletons, fleshy spirits, bony ghouls, or... I don't even know. Anyway, Yokai Watch 2, and it's two versions about flesh and bones and skeletons. Uh, that sold only... it. Its tally grew by less than 50,000 from September. And when you're advertising it as much as they have been on kids' networks, you would think... And they had the movie, the one-day movie event, and then they put it on TV. You would think it would do a little better. So I'm sure Nintendo's not too, too pleased with that. But um, similarly, Dragon Quest Seven, a game that is niche-ish, but... Another example of an RPG on Nintendo systems, and another reason why Switch maybe has some A. That one's not doing too hot either. It came out in September and has since, in October, been outsold by older games like Smash Bros. for 3DS, Pokemon X and Y, even Pokemon Tournament. So, doesn't bode well for long-term life of the game. I mean, luckily for Dragon Quest fans, 8 has been confirmed for January 20th here in the States, so you're still getting it. But, but nothing it's after. not, yeah, that's the problem. It's like, who knows what's going to happen with Dragon Quest Future. Um, on the upside, 3DS itself is doing quite well. Uh, for the fifth straight month now, the 3DS has actually seen year-over-year sales growth, primarily thanks to Pokemon and uh, Monster Hunter Generations, which are both still selling pretty well. well. a friend of ours literally bought the Solgaleon and all 3DS just for because Pokemon. Of po- yeah, because you not only have Sun and Moon, but you also still have a Halo effect from Pokemon Go happening. Yeah. So it's like a double whammy. And even bigger for Nintendo than um, the 3DS being up is how well Sun and Moon is already doing. Now, we obviously don't have MPD numbers since it just came out this past weekend. 
but the game. But the Pokemon company is already saying that they ship 10 million copies worldwide for launch. 10 million. Actually, I didn't see any any Best Buy that I went to. Yeah, we were, I was at Best Buy. Actually, we met at the same. So how's this for a weird thing? I'm at a movie theater near my house watching Arrival. Great movie. Go see it. And then I'm going to go Best Buy and Apple TV for uh, my for my mom. And then I get a call or a text from Angel, who's at the Best Buy near my house. We live about 20-something miles apart, but you're randomly at the Best Buy by my house right as I'm going to the Best Buy by my house. And then we met there, and there was no Pokemon to be yeah, seen. Yeah, because one of our other friends had said that... Kurt, well, uh, I told him. Yeah, that that's he had said that you had told him mm-hmm. that... It's nice to go Black Friday shopping around your neck of the woods, so we tried it. Yeah, there's no crowds. It's good. And there was no crowds, no anything. It it's didn't even amazing. feel like Black Friday. It felt like we were just splurging for no reason. Except it was like at like 11 at night on a Thursday. <laughs> but Yeah, we left like at 8. Yeah. We were done shopping like by 9 or 10, 11-ish. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so Pokemon, 10 million copies sold worldwide. Yeah, they're not on store shelves anecdotally. And uh, that's more, by the way, that 10 million copies shipped is more than any other... Pokemon game for Game Freak and Pokemon Company. It's never shipped that many. How many once. NES classics did you? Not enough. Hmm. No numbers yet. I only know Pokemon because uh, Pokemon that's where all Company the plastic put that going. Out. What? That's where all the plastic is going. And that's so. not even counting like digital. Because I mean, I no, digital is huge too. I'm sure. Here's the thing. Like not only that, but here in the U.S. specifically, GameStop has come out and said that Pokemon Sun and Moon is not only their best performing games of 2016, but the most pre-ordered title in the last five years. What was the fifth? I. I mean, what was their... I don't know. I, they didn't I'm specify. Curious. I'm curious, too. But in the last five years, that means more than Metal Gear, more than any of the Halos, more than, more than any of the other Pokemon, more than Smash Bros, more than Battlefields or Call of Duties or Maddens or... Like, that's a huge yeah. thing. So, so go Nintendo and go Pokemon. And I feel like Nintendo's positive momentum. Like, we started the MPD numbers kind of down and out, but I feel like that momentum's likely to continue... And get even bigger next month because uh, Super Mario Run is happening, which has now been given a firm release date and price. So, we're all going to be able to play Mario Run starting on December 15th, and the game will be a free oh, download. Is that the Thursday before we go to Vegas? Yes. Huh. Guess I know I'm playing on the plane, considering no one's flying with me. But uh, yeah, it's um, December 15th, Mario Run. Free to download with restrictions that can be lifted with a one-time in-app purchase of $9.99. For that price, you'll get access to a full 24 levels spanning six worlds in the single-player world tour mode. I'm going into salesman mode. The multiplayer rally mode and the still kind of mysterious kingdom builder. So three modes, 24 levels, endless levels in rally mode, 10 bucks. Kingdom Builder is the weird one though. We still, I feel like we still don't quite know what's going on with that. All they says, you get this little kingdom, you get hundred, you can unlock up to hundred items to customize your kingdom with. Little toads live in there, and you, I don't really know what else you do with it. Like Nintendo's website for Mario Run um, says that there, uh, you have to get rally tickets to do the multiplayer rallies by playing single player in Kingdom Builder. Basically, everything's like self perpetuating. So. You get more toads for your Kingdom Builder by doing rallies, but you get more rally tickets from your Kingdom by doing Kingdom Builder. Like, see what I mean? But, um, so you get rally tickets that way, but they say one way to get rally tickets is through mini games in Kingdom Builder. So what I'm kind of hoping would be neat is if the toad houses in Kingdom Builder are a throwback to Mario 3 and you can go in them and do mini games. And that's how you get more rally tickets. That'd be kind of a cool little nod. They're doing all sorts of nods. Like, um, there's a coin rush mode when you're in rally mode. 
just like in Mario, uh, New Super Mario Bros. 2, like, it literally has the same name and the same, like, coins everywhere kind of situation. There's all sorts of little, like, nud, little winks and nods to stuff. But, um, either way, the bigger story is the price. So, what... Um, how do you feel about that? I, it's weird, because, like, for people like us who are used to paying console game pricing... Mario Run for nine ninety nine kind of feels like right. Like it's a new Mario game for ten dollars. That's never happened before. And the thing is, if you look at the dollar for dollar amount of levels you get, so twenty four levels, it's kind of in line with what you would get for a standard price three DS game. Like it's not that cra- like. I see a lot of eShop games that are usually you know, yeah. Know, like it's not, it's not that a more expensive. Yeah, and and if you double or triple, if you double the number of levels and add in the two modes, you could sell it for as a thirty or forty dollar three DS game. It's not that crazy. So for ten dollars, it makes sense. The real question, though, is not what I think of it or what you think of it. Although I am curious, what are your thoughts on it? And then I'll say my next piece. Right? Yeah, because we're like we're we're looking at this as Nintendo fans, and we're like, oh yeah, I'd pay that. That's I'm used to quadruple that. The real question is fourteen, fourteen, fifteen, fourteen ninety nine would have been my limit. Yeah, that's that's what uh, I've heard from people, including one of our listeners, Sonic Talk, Aaron. Hi, Uh, but but no, uh, the the real question I think becomes what? How will mobile gamers respond? We're the fanboys, essentially. We're going to pay a decent price yeah, for it. Yeah, because, I mean, yeah, like... Like, I feel... The, the, the tricky thing is I feel the mentality of mobile gamers is to pay as little as possible. That's why so that's many... that's because they're also expecting... I mean, uh, albeit that this kind of gameplay is kind of on par with what they're used to as far as, like, say, very simplistic, sure. single-touch games. Sure. So, I was going to say, like, well, I mean... They expect a very low price, but they're also probably not expecting like a very game, like a very huge game that you're going to get engaged in that probably requires more than an hour at a well, time. Well, no, because I mean, I mean, I mean which this one doesn't? For, in, in some ways, yes, in some ways, no. Because freemium games, I think, fit what you're describing. The idea that you go into this game for free and you have to pay for in-app stuff and it's kind of annoying—that's like the you pay the bare minimum. You're paying only when you need to. Yeah, that, I mean, that I think you're right. That they will expect. Yeah, because I mean, I know a few people. Like, I mean, I don't go to events, obviously. That um. They want to play games. They're okay with um, paying more for games, but like they just don't really have the time. And as soon as they see a game that's like ten bucks, fifteen bucks, yeah. they're like, "Ah, oh, man, this game probably requires me to invest a lot of time in it. I just don't have that time." I know free and one dollar games are games that I could just play Five on minutes, and off, like that I could just play like do one and done. So, well, it, it's interesting because like if you look, well, first of all, I, I think, think a game that could break that mentality is definitely yeah. good that and, they're doing it. Yeah, and I, I think it's interesting in that. Um, it suddenly makes so much sense why Mario's on iOS exclusively first. Because in general, iOS users, and this has been proved by studies and stuff, it's not not saying anything bad about Android users. But in general, iOS users are willing to spend more money on apps. Well, There's more of a iPhone. premium <laughs> app market. Exactly. There's more of a premium market for apps. So if Nintendo God, were to do Apple these... Book. Right? If Nintendo were... I can't believe that thing's a, a thing. $300 for a Starting book. it. Well, I mean, actually, I can't It's a design book. It's an art book. Books like that, if you go to MoMA or Mocha or LACMA or any other museum that ends in cut, I guess it's because, it does have um, art books of that I guess price. it's because we're being exposed to this book. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. Like, usually, I mean, yeah, like you said, there there are these kinds of books at that price. But at that place, not on the internet. you never hear of them. Yeah, exactly. Like, it just sounds like they're trying to sell another book at you. Hey, it's made. It's covered made of linen. Linen. Do you know how much linen costs? Not three hundred dollars. But I actually have no idea how much it costs. But it's definitely not three hundred dollars. But no, what I was gonna say is like, so it kind of makes sense why they do iOS first. But the thing is, some people do go for a deeper experience, and they're willing to pay money. I dug around a little and read some articles from like Polygon and a few others, and apparently, like the average 
It seems like the price that people seem comfortable with is $5 or less. There are exceptions. Minecraft sells for $7 and has been top of the paid apps chart forever. And Mario is only $3 more than that. So in theory, mm, yeah, maybe. Can Mario beat Minecraft? But that's the that's question. Kind of that's the now. question, yeah. I and mean, the, a lot of kids still love them, but they do love Minecraft. And the other thing is, um, if you look at like some of the other experimentation companies that have done, do you remember Square Enix a few years ago was putting $15 Final Fantasy ports on the iOS app store? $15 for like Final Fantasy Seven. Then, fast forward a few years, and you get Hitman Go and Tomb Raider Go, which are not ports, but original games built from the ground up. More developer resources are needed, more yeah, budgets needed, really and... Yeah, and they were sold for a third the price. $5. So Square Enix sees there is a threshold, there is a limit to how high it can go, and it'll be. I'm really curious to see if Mario can be the game that bucks this weird five dollar trend. Because well, on I one mean, hand, Attorney sells their games for fifteen bucks, right? Oh, do they still? And they don't. Yeah. Well, what's the thing? Like it's kind of hidden. Like they chart it. It says free also. Yeah. And you get the first episode for free, but then like, oh, I'm not the rest for fifteen bucks. But we don't. See, Ace Attorney is still somewhat niche, though. Like, Mario, they're trying... What Nintendo's trying oh, to yeah, do... Yeah, I mean, yeah, that game definitely isn't yeah. something that... Nintendo's trying to... Analysts are predicting 50 million downloads Actually, in the first month. I'm curious so. how much human resource machine is. But, I mean, there's obviously exceptions to this, but it's kind of like, if you don't care about Mario, or if you were like, oh, I know Mario, but I also know Rayman. You just want, like, a game. You can basically get what Mario Run offers for $3 with Rayman Jungle Run, or you pay $7 more for the, like, Nintendo Premium and get, I guess, the multiplayer mode. So there is some level where people are in this race to the bottom mentality that the mobile app world, unfortunately, oh, has. Bucks. There you go. It's only five bucks. That's the magic number that people seem to max did out you at. you pay more on the eShop? Yeah, you did. Oh, man. But um, you paid for it to be able to run on your TV and your gamepad simultaneously. That's easily ten bucks. Two screens versus one. That's Simple true. math. Simple Twice math. the game. Simple math. But, <laughs> no, but I was going to say that, like, there is kind of this race to the bottom mentality, so... Can Mario buck that trend is really what it comes down to. For gamers, yes. For someone that's like, I'm, I could get, like I was saying, I could get Rayman or I could get Mario and they're $7 apart and they kind of do the same thing gameplay wise. Which one are they going to go for? It's hard to say. But on the other side of all this, I got to give Nintendo credit for one thing. Satori Wada, GDC Keynote, went on this whole thing years ago about we can't let gaming be a race to the bottom is going to devalue us and people will never buy full games it's important that's why we don't do mobile games we being nintendo etc 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 is this whole thing a lot of developers back that idea and here we are nintendo's doing mobile but they're doing it in the terms they basically outlined a long time ago we will make a game we will sell it at a price we feel is appropriate what we're not going to do the race to the bottom and sure enough 10 bucks you get the equivalent of a fourth of a 3ds of a full 3ds game in a way so it, it does it does make sense and I think the structure of how they're doing it is ultimately what may work in their favor. I don't necessarily think, to be clear, that... I don't necessarily think, to be clear... Where are you dropping over there? I dropped the calendar. Oh, okay. I don't necessarily think, to be clear, that... Um, a metal calendar. That makes a lot of noise. Yeah, it's metal. Yeah, that that's, it's heavy metal, in fact. There's a joke somewhere that I didn't quite formulate. I just made a reference to heavy metal with no real that rhyme or reason. joke rocks. It did not. It, it, it was... That joke was like a washed up singer from the 80s that hasn't had a this isn't working any better the point I was going to make is if anyone can rock the boat 
with um <laughs> with Rocket Rock the Boat with mobile, it's Nintendo because one, they're sticking to their guns, which is admirable, but that means they're giving you more content. And two, they're doing it very smartly. The in-app purchase method they're doing, I think, is really smart. You get the game, it's free to download, and then at a certain point, they're like, hey, do you want to pay us 10 bucks? I don't think anyone in their right mind in the mobile gamer mentality is going to pay 10 bucks to stop trying it, pay 10 bucks up front. But if you go in and play three levels or five levels or you get to do seven rallies with your friends or whatever, you may cave and pay 10 bucks if you like the content enough. And for parents, that's an easy win because instead of little Timmy asking for money every 20 minutes because he needs to add new crops in Farmville or whatever, they can say, oh, one-time $10 fee, everything's instantly available for the remainder of the game's life. Done. So that's what's working in their favor. What's working against their favor is the mobile gamer mentality. It'll be interesting to see what happens. It seems like investors like it, though, because Nintendo's stock actually went up a little following the news of the price. So time will tell. That's my two cents on it that I managed to drag out into, like, five minutes. Um, So did it in Pokemon Go now? Yeah, you know, I had a good transition for that, which was I really can't complain about any pricing of any mobile game because I just wasted way too much money on trying to get a ditto in Pokemon Go. And to be clear, as of this recording, I still don't have a ditto. I bought, by too much money, I mean $3. That's Mobile gamer mentality. I bought three sets of Pokeballs because I was trying so hard to get Ditto, and I still don't have Ditto. And it's really frustrating. So you could literally appear anywhere, right? So how it works, for those who don't know, and for you, because apparently you don't, is... Yeah, um, and don't you just catch a Pokemon and he just yes. reveals himself as so Ditto? So Niantic has made Ditto into the common Pokemon, mostly. Rattata and Pidgey yeah, and works. Magikarp. Okay, I apologize. I apologize. Uh, Magikarp, Rattata, Pidgey. Those three primarily, a few others. You catch them, and it says, after gotchas, they'll be like, Pidgey was caught. It goes, oh? And transitions to a uh, animation of Ditto. And some people have been lucky enough to get by the first catch, or the second catch, or the third catch. And other people like myself have been trying for multiple days on a row for multiple hours per day on a row and have had no luck. So, that's my that's my plight. That's, my, that's where I'm at. I really want a Ditto and I haven't gotten a Ditto. Now, to be fair, by the time this goes live on the site, I could have a Ditto. So if you need to know my current Ditto stats, you can go to uh, Twitter slash JSR7 and read my tweets about it. But no, uh, but to Niantic's credit, they are handling this whole Ditto thing so well. Like this is, they are doing from the fight first from the financial standpoint. This is a great way to sell more Pokeballs. They got me to pay up. I've never paid for. I only paid for Pokeballs twice in the entire time since I started playing Pokemon Go. I bought three sets of Pokeballs in forty eight hours since Ditto came out. Wow. Yeah, it's like because you need to catch every single Pokemon now. You can't be like I don't need a Rattata. I have. A, I don't need a Pidgey. I already have. Pidgeotto and Pidgeot. No, you need every Pidgey. You need every Rattata because you don't know where Ditto is. And you will have the drive and the motivation and whatnot to get all of them all of a sudden. Which is weird because there's a polar opposite at the beginning of the week. So that's very smart for them. But more to the point, they tied Ditto's whole rollout into this broader update situation they're doing with Pokemon Go, which is really smart. There's actually two other significant things that happened in tandem with Ditto coming out. First... Uh, they expanded the new revised nearby feature. So it'll actually, so anyone west of the Mississippi now, opposed to just a few select cities, can actually use the new nearby thing. And how it works is really cool in that it actually tells you where the Pokemon are. It's not just like there's some sort of near here. It shows a picture of the Pokestop they're near with a photo. You can view the photo to be like, oh, I know that place. Or you can hit track. And it will, like a little footprint button, and it will actually zoom out the map, show you where the Pokestop is in relation to you, and put a marker on it. 
like a purple marker, and then it will, as you walk, you'll have like a little little nearby thing will show the purple marker, so you know you're going to that Pokemon. It's really handy. It made it really easy to find Pidgeys that weren't Dittos. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, Pokemon should be as easy to find as they are in the game. Yeah, And the game literally, like, if you don't, like, the other day before something horrific happened that I'll explain later, um, like, I wanted to catch a Weavile because I'm like, all right, I'm going to need them for breeding later. Yeah. So I went to the Pokedex, went to Weavile, and it literally tells you exactly what patch of grass you'll find Weavile in. Right, so, I mean, right. Yeah, it's like that really, now. Yeah, it it's, it's, it's really nice. So they have that going Instead on. Instead of this crazy guessing game that turned a lot of it people It did, off. it did. So they have that going on. And then in tandem with that, they're also now doing for the Thanksgiving weekend a um, special double XP, double Stardust promotion where anything you do in the game, you get double XP and double Stardust. Pokestop, sure. Pokemon catching, sure. So if you're like me or like many Ditto hunters out there, and I know you're out there, um, not only are you getting all these Pokemon all of a sudden, you're getting so much more XP and so much more uh, Stardust for doing so. So it's really like this kind of triple threat. It's super... Like, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, ah, oh, this was genius on the antics part. Because what they basically did is they're enticing you to play Pokemon Go again with Ditto. They're then using the double Stardust and XP to give you an easier time to catch up if you're a lapsed player with the current community of players. Players that are level 36, players that are level 28. You're going double speed to get them every time you catch a Pokemon, and you're also catching way more Pokemon to catch Ditto, so you, they basically fast-tracked you into being a bigger part of the broader Pokemon community and going to gyms and making it more worth your while. And then on top of all of that, then the new improved nearby feature, which is almost like, look guys, we fixed your biggest pain point. Check out how easy it is now as you try and find your Ditto and get your double XP. It's like this triple threat of features that was like the perfect way to loop people back in. It's really smart. Now, the the thing is, it loops in people who have the app downloaded. I don't know if it entices anyone to download it. Like, did you? Nope. Exactly. So you've had it off your home screen for, what, months? Yeah, no, and I don't think my son is. I was like, why? Yeah, I don't think bother? a ditto would entice you. I got the real you. deal. But, but if you're like someone like me who just has it on their phone, it's like, sure, new Pokemon, why not? And then all this other stuff just kind of snowballs. And I suspect... Well, I mean, all they yeah. have to do is add chat talks. They don't have to add the fourth generation. They just have to add chat talks. <laughs> I get it. Well, I, I suspect that um, they found data in the game for gold and silver Pokemon. Mm. Like the numbers are in. The Pokedex numbers are already in there, ready to go. So I suspect we're going to see it sooner rather than later. And to, um, to Niantic's credit, like they have had huge success with these promotions even without Ditto, without a new Pokemon. They were telling someone, I think it was uh, Game Radar, but they were telling them that their Halloween event where they just added more candy and increased ghost types available. In the four days of that promotion, 1.3 billion, that's with a B, billion ghost types were caught in the game. 1.3 billion. People were coming back and playing a game to get ghost types and get candy because they're like, oh, I guess I can. So when you add a ditto, if it's causing a bigger stir, imagine what's going to happen when they add gold and silver Pokemon. They might have finally figured out the way to funnel people back into Pokemon Go, and the answer might just be more Pokemon. No, oh, crazy, but no, but I think it, really? I think it's, but uh, I think it's that combined with the XP thing. Because that was also the thing too. Like once that's I, what we were saying from the yeah, start. Yeah, because I mean, once I caught the Pinsir, I also kind of lost like a lot of motivation because like I got my favorite Pokemon from this generation, the Pinsir and the Magmar. Yeah, like I didn't really care to do anything else in the yeah game. but now they'll have new pokemon but i mean I, that seems like such an obvious thing but it's just like they've done all this other stuff they improved hunting they did design the next thing but ditto's ditto combined with these xp promotions combined with new like fixing broken features funny 
how what we suggested over the summer is really what's doing it at the end of November. But it's about time. It's, it's, it's good. It's good. I think, like, there's still... They want to build this thing out as an MMO of sorts for years. So this this is on the right track. And I gotta give them credit. They handled all, the triple threat so well. So, so that's going on with Pokemon Go. I still don't have a Ditto. I hope to get... You know what? I'm gonna get me a Ditto right now. That's my plan. It's not gonna work. You know what? I bet it is. Riveting work. podcasting, folks. You can't see what I'm doing. I'm not even describing oh, what so I'm doing. Oh, so you can play Pokemon Go during the podcast, but I can't play No, I'm not, I'm not. I'm just gonna see if there's one around. But, no, I was gonna say that's fine because um, Pokemon Go actually is a great segue since I've been playing that lately along with Pokemon Sun Moon to talk about what we've been playing. And the biggie, the episode... the Softdoodle. Episode... Epi- sure, you want to do Softdoodle first? I was gonna seamlessly go into Pokemon Sun Moon, but... You just switch it up? Alright, swap deal. Let's do it. Also, you have zero Pokemon nearby. Good. Uh, your house has no Pokemon. So so I was pretty excited about Swap Doodle because I love Swap Note. And we went back and looked at our swaps between Jason, my brother, and I. And we had a lot of fun. Can we, can we just talk about how out of the blue Swap Doodle was? So, three years ago, four years ago, Swap Note was a thing. And then Nintendo shut it down due to privacy concerns because they realized if you could post a picture and draw on top of it, you could send it to anyone on the internet that you have the friend code for. It's a great tool for pedophilia. And um, and sexual unwanted sexual advances advances, so they took off Swap Note, and then no warning, no pre announcement. Three and a half years later, they're like, "Hey, remember Swap Note? We took out the photos and we threaded the audio, and we took out the audio and we threaded the conversations by user, and now it's beige instead of blue. Here you go, and it's cool. It's nice to have it back. Like it's just so funny how long. But now instead of being all completely free. Um, everything is kind of corralled off. Like, you get a few things for free, but it's like, if you want more stencils, if you want different stationery, that all costs money. Well, it's interesting, because I think part of that, yeah, it's all, it's all very DLC-heavy. So how they broke it down, just for those who aren't aware, we have a, <laughs> the list is nuts. If you go to our blog post for this episode and scroll down towards the bottom of the link, a list of links, we link to a Nintendo Life article that lists all 16 DLC packs. And Nintendo's pitch Is there a buy them all? Probably, but they're each like two or three bucks. Uh, They're in euros and pounds, so they translate to about two or three bucks. Um, The the crazy thing is, like, they're pitching them as drawing lessons that happen to come with new stationery, happen to come with with new stencils, happen to come with additional inkwells so you can do more colors. But what what I find interesting about all this, you should read that list. It's it's like, it's so long. But what I find uh, interesting about it is Swap Note started for Nintendo as a marketing tool in many ways. They promote new games in Swap Note by giving you new stationery. They'd have Swap Notes come in from Reggie and other Nintendo people, and you could see their handwritten messages and their audio. Like they used to promote their E3 press conferences with Swap Notes. Now, because we're at the tail end of the 3DS, and I think, like, what are we going to promote it for? They're just like, we don't need the marketing angle. Let's just sell. So the core functionality is all there and all works great. But if you, like you said, want more stencils or want more stationary, I don't think there's going to be a day where you're going to get, like, the Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon stationary, like you did three years ago, or in this case, you're not going to get the Animal Crossing New Leaf Welcome Amiibo stationary when it comes out on December 5th, the physical copy. Instead, you're going to get the Animal Crossing drawing lesson, where you go learn for $3 how to draw KK Slider and get a piece of paper with it, a digital piece of paper that you can draw on top of. Like, it's a very notable switch in their strategy. This is not a promotional tool anymore, this is just a tool. Period. So, it's cool. I think it's great they brought back the the um, they brought back the whole concept of it. We have a me- basically we have a messaging system on 3ds again. Nikki's back. She's always you know a delight. Funny? But um, but when, like it's different. When Salt Doodle was saying, um, we still had the normal 3ds. Yeah, 
And I remember thinking, like, man, it'd be this would be better if I had a bigger 3DS. And then when the Smash Bros. 3DS came out, um, Swap Note was already gone. So I didn't really have something to take advantage of, like, to draw with the big 3DS. And then now that it's back, I just got the new 3DS on Black Friday, so I'm back to a small one. The small new 3DS. The Mario edition. Yeah, the Mario edition, the $100 one. Yeah. I mean, it's, like, slightly bigger, but, I mean, not so much that you can tell a big difference, but, yeah. Yeah, it is kind of funny how that, that... That is actually kind of ironic more than anything else, but... Um, I mean, I guess I still have my other 3DS. It's it, still in good condition. Yeah. So. And and it's not like I was kind of down and out on, on uh, Swap Doodle. I'm not at all. The only thing I'm really bummed about is they didn't call it Swap a Doodle. That just sounds so much better to me than Swap Doodle. Like Labradoodle, Swap a Doodle, Cock a Doodle, Swap a Doodle. And you are swapping a Doodle at a time. It's a single message back and forth. So it would be accurate. Nintendo, if you want to hire me for branding consulting, um, you know where to find me. Here. But uh, the, the the point is, I was kind of being like, oh, it's now not a marketing thing. They're now charging for everything. That's true. But it is still ultimately a cool messaging tool where you can do back and forth messages. They now have a threaded thing, like I was saying before. Style. Yeah, Nintendo style. Because nothing can just be you text someone something. It has to be like fancy and Nintendo-fied and gamified in some way. That's the thing. Um, they have to let DNA do their thing. Let it be as bland as possible. Just let it be some... Blank, like square box with no color or anything. <laughs> Maybe just, a little text. triangle that comes out to signify it's a speech bubble. Yeah, like we accept triangle speech bubbles. Yeah, just like keep it simple for the actual yeah. messaging. Don't try yeah. to Nintendo fight it. But that's I mean, where you ruin it. Th- that's true. Look at some of their interfaces. They're all Nintendo fied. But yeah. um, like there is a place and time for everything. Yeah, but I think I honestly think it's cool that Swap Tools back. Like it's nice that you can actually message 3ds people again, and they have it hooked into your friends list like before. So you literally just tap someone, and they're threaded now. So like whether they have I can it or go. Not. Yeah, whether they have it or not, but I can like go to you, and it'll be all your messages in one place. In the old Swap note it was chronological only so it's like going and from, you could favorite some and then if you press lnr it'll literally just scroll to your favorites but yeah. still it's like going from text messages back on flip phones where it was like when they came in so it's just a hodgepodge of text messages to going to like a smartphone where it's like by person and it's threaded and it's all pretty so so that, i guess that in a nutshell swap i mean where did you have any other things you wanted to share about swap dual besides it exists small app small yeah it's free impressions. it's free go check it out um but the biggie the one I was trying to smoothly transition into and you shot me down is Pokemon Sun and Moon, our episode's theme. We've both been playing it, but you, somehow, in four days? Four days. Five days? Meryl. Beat the whole thing. Or the story. And the side missions. And the side missions. So, I'm... By all means, take the lead on the impressions on this one. I'm still, like, in the first island. So, I have a couple of scattered thoughts that when you say the thing, I'll probably agree or disagree. But mostly, this is all you. So this game, if I had to describe it in one word, it's just streamlined. Everything about it has been just streamlined to speed you through the game. And normally my biggest gripe with Pokemon, I shouldn't even say gripe. This is just a cup of tea kind of thing. Your like, own personal I, I, yeah, like, as I said many, many, Like as I said many, many times, I prefer just the battling aspect. I don't really care too much for the campaign. I just like to blow through it. And most Pokemon games, like you go to your gym... You do some side story stuff. You go back to the next gym. You do some more side story stuff. Like, it's it's oddly paced sometimes. Sometimes, though, you take a long detour between the fourth and fifth gym. X and Y had was notorious for this. It was kind of annoying, actually. Like, you do the first gym, do a bunch of side story stuff. Then you, maybe, like, by hour two, you get to, like, the second or third gym. It was just very... Stag- yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very... Separate. They tried to mix it up without actually changing the formula. Yeah. Which doesn't really work they're just stretching out the formula <laughs> but this one though 
this one just felt really fast. It was just like, you go to the first trial, bam, you can run to the second trial, bam, you go to the third trial, bam. They, they kind of, they intertwine the story with the trials so that you're just going trial to trial to trial. Like, before you know it, like, you just have done them all. And you're just like, well. And then you go to that side stories part that was inevitable. But honestly, the story was, um, it was entertaining. This game went out of its way to just be, like, funny and... Yeah, yeah, just just trying to be entertained. Like they they went all out with the camera angles. Like it was just it it's was so it was, cinematic. Yeah, it was more cinematic, and you could tell they had fun just writing this game. So a lot of the dialogue was just funny to read. Like and just talking to the NPC, some of them were like depressing, some of them were just funny, some of them were just kind of confusing. But yeah, they just added to the humor. And I guess and speaking of the humor, mm-hmm. why I assume it's as a joke. Why can you smell people's beds? <laughs> any bed, <laughs> any bed that you see in Pokemon Sun and Moon, you can go up to and there will be a dialogue box. And it will be like, this bed smells like blah, blah, blah. Why? Who sniffs beds? And I mean, I guess Aloan people sniff beds. But why? Why? I, it's so confusing. Anyway, continue. I just, I had to. That's my biggest impression from <laughs> Sun and Moon is why is there bed sniffing? But please. Yeah, it's very entertaining, but... Um, and I guess for better or worse, um, I guess they chose to go for more entertaining and just a lot easier because I thought, I thought the game was, I don't know, way easier. I think that's a very intentional move on their part, to be honest. I have a whole theory about this, but, um, if you want to talk about the code, I'll then chime in with my theory. Yeah. Like, yeah, I just thought it was a lot easier. And I mean, sure, there were a few hard parts, but that was just because I, I mean, I wanted to just go with my team of Oricorios, which are, like, the dancing birds. There's, like, a right. different one for each island. Four birds, four islands. And then um, I love the Toucan. It's, like, one of my new favorite Pokemon. All he named the- him Sam. Yep, Toucan I just Sam. need listeners to be aware. He named his Toucan Sam. Yeah, I, named, I nicknamed all my Pokemon. Do you like, like Fruit Loops? I do. I weirdly have never liked Fruit Loops. Oh. Anyway. Oh, <laughs> Sorry. Yep. And then I, I mean, obviously started with um, with the Owl. So, Me too. Rowlet. Yeah, Rowlet. I named them Sterling. At first, I named them um, Robin Hood, but it was just like too easy, and a lot of people I saw that they actually had them. Had a name Robin Hood, so I just not called them Sterling. That's not a bad one. Yeah, you know, after Archer, but yeah, because he turns into because uh, uh, he turns into an Archer-looking yeah. guy. So the joke is Archer. Hot just hot so hot I can explain it. Yeah, <laughs> might as well just say what I nicknamed the other ones. Yeah, go for um, it. I mean, I literally only use those six Pokemon. I should say five, since one you can't catch till the post game. But there's a birdie that turned to a cheerleader, a cheerleader. So I named um, I named it Sispon. Wait, 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 wait! I have an idea. I have an idea. Uh, buy time for a minute. Buy time for a minute. Trust me. Just buy time for a minute. So I don't see why they call them. No, you you can just buy time for a minute. Just be like, yeah. So Pokemon's great. Um, and 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 yeah, and oh. just trust me on this. Trust I, me. I'm so confused. Yeah, you should be. Trust me. This will be worth it. Okay. Okay, are we ready? Yes. All right, hang on. So, okay, so your first pun, bird, was? Sis- describe it again. So the bird is the cheerleader, uh-huh. and I named it Sis Boomba. <laughs> okay, next, go. <laughs> All right, um, the, there's another bird that, the same species, this one is a hula dancer, so I named it Hula La. Next. Um, the last two are... Not funny because I couldn't really think of anything. Um, the next bird is a tango bird, and the birds are called Oricorio, so I call it Tango Oricorio. 
Yeah, it just kind of... <laughs> no, it's delayed. It was just delayed, sorry. <laughs> I should have the words together. And the last one, it was like um, Senshu style, and I wasn't really sure what... I didn't really have much to work with, so I called it Senshu Ricorio. <laughs> Wait. Yeah, I got lazy with that. Hold on. What? <laughs> it was Senshu style, the the type of dance that it does. So mm-hmm. I just combined it with Oricorio. So what'd you call it again? Senshu Ricorio. That's supposed to be someone in anguish, but it didn't quite work. <laughs> yeah. Roll <Roham's> screen. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, so I, uh, so oh, that's right. real quick, we're called Ramen Town for a reason. I just proved it. Continue. <laughs> that's right. Oh yeah. So I pretty much gave myself a self-imposed, I guess, difficulty because since I only wanted to play with these birds, I did not bother trying to catch anything else. So I only trained them, which means that like water trials were easy, but a rock trial had a Pokemon <laughs> that could literally take out my whole team in one hit. Yeah. Every time, so I had to pretty much have, like, a few Pokemon, like, well, at the time I only had four other birds, so I mm-hmm. had to have two, I guess, um, fall, fall Pokemon. Like, I just literally just sent them out to die so I could revive my other team. Right. And it was just kind of, like, a lot of reviving in those cases, but, mm-hmm. yeah, if I had a more balanced team as Elvis does, and I was watching him do some of the trials that I struggled in because of the off-flying situation, and he, like, steamrolled those, like, nothing. So, yeah, yeah, like, it's, even despite, I mean, I finished the game pretty fast. There wasn't much. I only had to maybe redo a trial, like, once or twice because of that. But, yeah, it was I, I honestly think the difficulty thing, because, like, even in the, like, from what I'm, again, I'm only on the first island. But even I've noticed it's really easy. Yeah. And I think, I think it's partly because Nintendo's sort of doing a soft reboot of Pokemon here. They're trying to get like, the younglings. The youngins and the lapsed. It's a 20, it's Just a 20. Just look at the Z-moves, like, they're, they're so, like. Well, those are for youngins, for sure. No, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the way, like. They do their little yeah. poses and stuff like that's straight up for kids. Like they just yeah. look silly. Oh, of course, but yeah, yeah, I mean, if you if you look at where we're at with Pokemon, in a weird way, but, know, it's cool. It's yeah. cool in a silly way, but yeah. if you if you look at where we're at with Pokemon, it's the twentieth anniversary of the franchise, and Laps fans are now back into it more than ever with Pokemon Go and just the nostalgia train and all that. So it kind of makes sense to me that they made the whole game easier and kind of a more welcoming core experience. Like, it's a lot, like you said, it's a lot more streamlined. It's a lot more... Yeah, honestly, I already yeah, know. It's, it's, it's so linear it feels this time. Like, it feels like an intro game. Yeah, right? and I, I think it's on purpose. They tried this once before. They tried this with Black and White. They wanted to make it easier for new folk. But what they did with Black and White is they basically were like, all we need to do is reset the Pokedex. People are just confused by Pokemon. I don't think that was it. I think this is the reset. This is them doing it right. Because what they basically did is they... It doesn't matter what the Pokemon are. They made everything clearer. So, like, you're saying, like, it's, it's easier for us because we know what to yeah, do. Yeah, like, you... they make it impossible to get lost. So, like, your map tells you, like, they have a little marker where yeah. to go. They kind of... It's super linear. They, they kind of they have... Ca- yeah, they have characters, like, blocking areas. Like, even if you try to explore, they're like, oh, don't you have to go do this? Yeah. And you go do that. And if you look in battles, it's the exact same thing. Because in battles, they have all these things that are indicate. No, no, battles, I think they handled better. This stuff sounds like it's dumbing down the experience almost yeah, but, as a hindrance to core yeah, fans. But battles just had a more... They, they just, just added layers of extra they, they, they figured out a way to present the information a lot more clearly. Which is great. Instead of going into a bunch of menus just to see what the attack does, yeah. you just hold L and press A. Or press it. the little uh, info button next to yeah. it, and it'll pop up. And that's great for beginners and, or lapsed people who don't know what all these moves do. Or maybe I forgot that, like, I yeah. don't know. And another thing, like, Some move from five years ago does this thing. And before, I guess, like, yeah, before this game, you would have to keep track of how many times you would power up or weaken an enemy Pokemon or your own Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And you would just have to know, like, if you poke, if it says um, your attack sharply increased, that means it went up by two levels. And stats can go up or down a maximum of six levels. Right. So if you use Sword Dance three times, that's the limit. 
if you're not keeping track of that or you somehow forget, you're going to use it. Or you never knew in my case. I'm not even kidding. I never knew that So after you just now. So after you use it the third time, it's going to say this move failed and you're going to be like, what? Yeah. And now if you tap on your Pokemon on the touch screen, it actually shows little triangles up to six yep. that tell you exactly how many you are away from maxing out or going down. And and similarly, they have that awesome little thing where if you battle that Pokemon before, not that specific Pokemon, but that type of Pokemon, that species of or Pokemon. Or if you have it in your Pokedex. Or you have it in your Pokedex, it'll show which moves are effective and not effective against that Pokemon. Yeah. Again, you can do whatever move you want, and if you're a pro player, you know that's to be true. So it doesn't, hint, it doesn't like spoil it for you. What it does is it extends kind of an olive branch to these elapsed players and these new players as all these changes do that make this really a game that's more welcoming than any other pokemon game has ever been pokedex change in black and white has nothing on like this significant of a reason yeah and honestly um the fact that it was easy like i i haven't really said it as a negative because i didn't really yeah. see it as a negative because the game was just that much more they went a lot with the entertainment like there's a there's a trial that i won't spoil anything but at first, I'm like, okay, this is ridiculously easy. Like, I don't know, like, they, like, is, but it was done so tongue-in-cheek, so, yeah, it was just so over-the-top that it was just, like, funny, like, wow, like, yeah, uh, I, I don't even want, it, it's the Volcano one, but you'll, you'll see when you get there. That one's sure, hilarious. Sure. But, oh, speaking of streamlining, another thing I like a lot um, that they did is they got rid of HMs. Oh, which yeah. means you don't need a Pokemon that's specifically there to cut down a tree and you don't actually want to train it. It also means you get to have Pokemon whose full move sets you can customize. You don't need to have cut, you don't need to have fly, yeah. you don't need to have anything like that. Surf. It's, yeah, it's, it's really again streamlined and great. more welcoming to new folk. Like there's a person you could talk to in um like the library and they're like, Oh, and back in Hoenn Oh no, yeah, like back in Johto, um fly was an HM, but over here it's like a TM. Like, we had to actually use this to fly, but you guys don't have to do that. You have to call a Pokemon. Yeah, the Poker like, Ride thing's a great way like, to circumvent it's, it's like that it, stuff. It, they're like, like, yeah, we have to catch up with the times or something like that. But Yeah, yeah. That's cool that they sort of nod. Do a nod. Oh, yeah, and it's great because, like, those Pokemon, right? Like, you get, like, a bunch. You pretty much get one for every HM. Mm-hmm. But, and you could hotkey them to the D-pad. So you're just, like, pretty much they're like your roller skates or your bike. Because you don't even get a bike in this game. Because you're going to be running on Tauros, like, the whole time. Right. Or... Flying on Charizard, so as you do, yep. <laughs> um, and I guess the other, um, they just came to a lot of little like nitpicky things that I had to like before. If you were to go to your computer to organize your Pokemon, you would have to click on a separate menu just to deposit them, mm-hmm. a separate menu just to withdraw them. I remember that, yeah. and a third menu which was kind of like to move them around, which is kind of weird. Yeah, that one I never understood because it's like, would the other two sort of accomplish the same goal? Yeah, like, and, and then you also had another menu to move items within the Pokemon right. and another item to move just your items without the Pokemon. The menu took up like two-thirds of the height of the, of the screen in the old games. Yeah, it was it was kind of ridiculous. It was just like an extra step, but now yeah. you just go to your computer and you go straight into the box and just how you would expect, if I tap a Pokemon in my team, I could drag it straight to the box and vice versa and whatever. Yep. It's just super streamlined, which I think is great. I think another thing that's very streamlined are those trials. You kind of alluded to them. And I've done a couple. There are tri- I guess they count as trials. The first island has, I guess you could consider trials. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, so instead of gym battles, or else we somehow live under a rock, instead of gym battles, there are no gyms, there are no gym battles. You instead do these, like, one-off tasks that sometimes are repetitive. Yeah, they're, they're kind of all, like, they're all, like, groups of three things. Like, oh, yeah. kill three of this. Take pictures, take pictures of this. With the like, Poker Finder, yeah. Yeah, like, they're all, like, in groups, but, like, they're all done in pretty entertaining ways that you kind of, you're kind of, you just run along with it, you're okay with it. Yeah, my my fear but, from the demo yeah, was the, they'd be yeah. too repetitive, but that, again, only in the first island. They, yes, you're doing the same thing, it's but funny, it hasn't bothered me Yeah, because it's funny, like, because they are repetitive, 
but they're just masked in different contexts yeah. so well yeah. that you're kind of you're still okay with it. And I don't know, and I, yeah, that was just like one of my worries. But I thought, um, well, I totally blanked out right there. But have a good place to have the, but I'm ready to go just to fill the gap. No, well, I don't know. It was it's a very fun game, and the post game was kind of disappointing. I thought the Ultra Beasts were gonna. I guess have more of a significant. They kind of do. So what? What is that? Know, Without that, spoiling anything, is it just a plot device? Do they it, do anything? <laughs> it's don't spoil. Yeah, it, it's a it's a plot device. Like okay. they're. I mean, it, I mean, they're kind of cool. And, and the post game specifically is kind of disappointing. But the the Ultra Beasts themselves, like they're cool. They're mysterious. They're definitely like, like oh, other dimension stuff. Like definitely the opposite of what you were talking right. about. Stuff that you like that makes sense. And this game has one of the craziest, I guess, what you call final bosses. Mm-hmm. That it's like whoa, like they never they would have I would have never thought they would do this in a Pokemon game. Really, like huh. they do something that's definitely pretty. I would say pretty awesome. That's just out of, re- wait, what's the Pokemon out of that field? What's Pokemon named after? Reg- or sounds like Reggie, Reggie Rock, the- Reggie Steel, and Reggie Ice. Do do of them turn into Reggie? Is that the final boss? It's Reggie feeds away from the. Oh, door. okay, all right. Fine. I guess it's nothing that crazy. Okay, it, it's more. No, like, no, I just was thinking absurdities. Um. But, I don't know, like... So, so like, the, like, like, the Ultra Beasts, like, I mean, I thought they worked. They're not really Pokemon. You can't catch them in Pokeballs. They need, like, specific Pokeballs or whatever. Yeah. But that's not even, like, till late game stuff. But something that I thought was kind of... just As I was playing the game, the game almost felt like they had a Pokemon Z version planned at some point, And then they just decided to not do it. And just... And shove and it just, in here. Yeah, because, honestly, Z Crystals... Had the name. <laughs> they... Yeah, well, yeah, Z's in their name. And, honestly, you could take them out completely and replace them with just badges and they would accomplish the exact same thing. Wait, so crystals have basically done, basically are what badges used to be. So the For, So in old Pokemon, I mean, I mean, you I, get more badges and that gives you ability to train higher Pokemon and do certain things. Yeah. These are basically I thought they were just well, for the because special it, moves. Yeah, after you beat like the Kahuna trial. Yeah. After you beat the Kahuna, like it's like, oh here's a stamp. Now you Pokemon up to this level can... Oh, so they have stamps. So the okay. stamps are like... Or the straight up badges. Yeah, but there's only like four of those because you have to... There's like four islands. Right, right. But the... Uh, I mean, the the Z crystals that kind of keep <coughs> track of where you are in the game. Like, oh, yeah, five Z crystals. You're like about halfway through. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like, I mean, they give you Z moves, but the Z moves, like... I mean, they're cool and like they add like another layer to the battle. But like usually games when like mega evolution like that was such a big part of the story that they made such a big deal about it like the mega like it was just yeah, completely yeah. tied into it but the moves like just kind of there they they kind of feel like they're just kind of there like they just feel like a bonus like attack like i mean the characters talk about like, oh you could do a z move but you yeah. don't really need it for anything like you could beat the game without ever using a z move right so hmm, interesting. Not only that, but um, the one of the Zygarde, the Pokemon that starts with the letter Z from X and Y, um, you have to collect like a hundred of his cells, like all around the island. You're just call it, you're just capturing little Z things, and when you get to ten percent of them, you get a weird powered version of him, and you get to fifty percent, you get to a better powered version, you get to a hundred percent, you get like a super form. Uh huh. And that just seems like something that they would have easily done on the Z version of Pokemon Z. Right. Like, you have to go out and collect the Z Pokemon. But... So, you have to collect a hundred of them? Yeah, a hundred little cells. They're just like, you see like a shiny green patch on the ground, you walk over it, press A, something got sucked into your Z cube, and you just go on your merry way. What is this? A rare game from the N64 days? Oh yeah, I'm here all week. 
Or until you hit stop on this recording. No, but seriously, that seems very on Pokemon to literally just go collect a hundred things. Yeah, was, that feels like a collectathon. More, so. I mean, that See, is that's how, almost the that's trial how you would, concern. That's how you would um, complete the Pokedex because that is a Pokemon. So, but that's what I mean. It's like in the old Pokemon games, you didn't collect a hundred parts of a Pokemon. Get. Like you're literally, you're literally it's a fetch part, quest. Yeah, it's, that's it's like the Triforce thing in Wind Waker. Which and again, people hate it. And again, that's another thing that like they gloss over it in the story. They're just like, oh yeah, they're there, and you just do it. I mean, that's, it's like, I just feel like it was just like tacked on. It's They're really like, bizarre. That seems like, so out of place. Like the Z-Crystals definitely seem like they were fleshing that out more. But then they're like, oh, let's, let's, instead of putting the Z-Crystals in Z-Version, let's just move it on to Sun and Moon. Like, let's grab those. And then, oh, where do we fit Zygarde? And I just throw them, yeah. just throw them all over the that's island, whatever. Like I was saying the rareware, the rare joke in, in like Jess, but honestly, that reminds me of what people complain about Donkey Kong 64. Yeah. Whereas, like, they kept throwing new fetch quests at you. I mean, granted, most of Pokemon is not a collectathon. Yeah, I mean, I mean still... this one, like, isn't mandatory by any means. Oh, but... oh, 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 oh. No, I, that's thought, like... I thought it was like, oh, it's to complete the Pokedex. He said, yeah, that. that's like, yeah. that's like, that's like, it's more of like yeah. an afterthought. It's just like, oh, he's there. I was too busy patting myself on the back for that rim shot sound effect thing to actually properly hear you. Sorry. No, <laughs> oh, yeah. and I mean, and I just like how they added, like, just extra things to keep you entertained. Like, honestly, yeah, I kind of enjoyed the story, which is kind of a first. Mm hmm. And, I don't know, they have a bunch of cool memes. Like, this might be the first time that I'm actually... Oh, I'm not, I'm not even going to bother trying to homebrew anything. Well, I never really homebrewed. I just, um... Hack. Yeah. I'm not going to bother trying to hack the... To create Pokemon used to battle. I'm actually going to try to... I don't know. I Go still, all natural. Yeah, because I still bred, like, a ton of Pokemon, like, the right way. Like, I still made mm-hmm. perfect Pokemon teams before Pokemon Bank blew out and everyone started making crazy Pokemon. Just because I had to wait, like I'm not gonna not play the game for six months. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, like I don't know. They they just created so many systems that just help it out. Like you have this island called the Pokepelago, where you could set Pokemon in your bank in your PC box. They just you just send them out to do random errands, like something that could be like a iPhone game. Yeah. Just like oh, tap your beans, collect the beans every day, and then you can only collect beans for once a day, and then you send your Pokemon off to plant berries or go find stones or whatever. The which I just realized I sent a bunch of them out to do something, but I can never get them back. Because of, yeah. Oh, yeah. You want to tell uh, that tale? Um, Almost done. Yeah, I guess once I finish. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Like, if you have the Not to rush your Don't forget that tale, because oh, yeah, yeah. what an adventure we had and, before um, this podcast. And then there's also an island where you can just leave your Pokemon there so they level up, because right. they don't level up at the daycare anymore. That's specifically just for breeding. Mm-hmm. And... They also took away super training, which I found very convenient for EV training, which is something you do when I guess if you play Pokemon competitively. Otherwise, it really doesn't matter. You just pick yeah. your Pokemon and just battle. Before we get to your horror story of your 3DS, <laughs> uh, the beans reminded me of something. One of the cool things that I thought was in Sun and Moon is they gave Pokemon to me a purpose, more of a purpose, and a better name. So you now can – it's the Pokemon care thing. But it used to be you go pet them and whatever, and yeah, okay, they like you more, and ultimately that's what matters. But now you have the ability to do it right after a battle, like there's literally a button as the battle poison, ends, and you can uh, cure their status conditions. It actually becomes pretty important because it becomes if you're, very when you're important. doing the Elite Four, those battles that you have to do back to back to back, you want to yeah. keep them nice and fresh. It's it's a very and not only that, but it feels more like you're connecting with your Pokemon. Yeah, like it's it I, sounds I'm, cheesy yeah, and I'm ridiculous. Not, I'm not gonna lie, I ended up liking my Pokemon a lot more by the end, just because right? like, you're, you're, you're petting you're, them, you're interact with them a lot them. more. Yeah, I know it's fake, but. 
And and not only that, but and, they do oh. they do cute little things. Like if you had a litten, I saw a vine of this on on the interwebs. If you have a litten and you tap next to it, it'll reach its pop and high five where you're ta- tapping. Yeah, mimic you. I thought about that too. Yeah, if you have a uh, if you have a rowlet, as I do, um, where you where you rub him, he has different reactions. Rub him on his forehead, he's not a big fan. Rub him on his belly, he loves it. And it's just like oh, my little rowlet. Even though it's not, it's it's just a bunch of zeros and ones. Yeah, I think that's part of a bigger thing with Pokemon uh, Sun and Moon though, and that is they did a great. Great, great job with world building. More so than any other Pokemon game, this thing feels like it's living and breathing. Like there's so there's so much lushness. There's this cool thing, like even when you walk around, there's like background Pokemon chirps. Like when there's yeah, birds everything and stuff. feels more connected. And not, not only that, but instead of just having like the regular random encounter, you're just walking and something out of nowhere just yeah appears. Like now you actually have like these. I guess it looks like diglets digging on like digging on the ground. If they if you get near them, they'll like rush at you, and then it starts a yeah. Pokemon battle. Or you see the silhouette of a bird flying over you, and then it'll just rush at you if you get too close. Or it really feels like you're in a real world. Like and trees I, are rustling, or whatever. Yeah. And I think that ties back to the bigger, better production value thing that we were talking about earlier. Like the scenes are way more cinematic. Like all of it is just a more yeah. cinematic, real world, lush. The content thing. feels just a lot more natural because like um, Hoenn or Omega Ruby was set also on an island. Yeah. But that one, I played it right before this game, and it felt way more gritty. It felt like a grid. Yeah. And this one feels just like more curvy, more natural. Just it's, it They nice. did a really good job. Like, the thing I'm liking most about the game, the streamlining is nice. The new Pokemon are cool. Being able to rub Rowlet's belly is great. Yeah, but the thing I like little... most is just like this, it feels like a real world. Like, it feels like you're in a Pokemon world more than ever before. Right, something, ever. Before. Something I discovered by accident, too. Yeah. Um, I guess this is something I do, like, when I'm trying to catch Pokemon. Well, I'm, sure, I'm sure a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. Like, you'll just, like, run in place. Like, you'll run in little circles. Oh, yeah, yeah. But one time, I guess, um, I was just in the Pokemon Center, and I was just, um, I don't know what I was doing. I was waiting for something not in the game. So I was just kidding time, but just spinning the D-pad in circles. And my character started doing, like, a pirouette, like, a non-stop pirouette. Oh, yeah, yeah. Until you that. let go, and then, like, they do, like, a little curtsy or something. Yeah, it's just, like, the attention detail is just so yeah, good. Yeah, in the past game, you had the roller skates, and you could do little tricks or yeah. kind of stuff like and that. And I feel like it, it is easy. I mean, granted, you're further along, so you can say for sure. But for me... Not anymore. It, it, uh, well, yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you want to talk about that, and then we'll sum up Sun and Moon, or do you want to... Another sum up Sun and Moon. I was going to say, is like, I'm still pretty early in the game, but for me, the streamlining is fine. The trials are fine. The easier everything is fine. I'm enjoying this game just because I feel like I'm in a in Pokemon more than I've ever been. Like, it's fresh enough that it does... Like, they broke the formula, finally, which, one, is nice, because we had a whole episode a couple years ago about how we were Pokemon. pokemon out. Yeah, pokemon out. Um, I, I think we even called the episode, like, do you have to catch them all? Or something like that. But, like... um. It, it's really refreshing, and it just it feels like such a good, cohesive experience, which the other ones were initially, like Red and Blue. This is the feeling I felt with Red and Blue, I think is the best way to say it. Red and Blue, you go in, it's a simple thing. You go catch Pokemon, you go do gyms, you move on. And they start piling on, and sometimes the piling on work. Gold and Silver, I love. I think I like it more than Red and Blue in some ways. Real clock, that makes sense. All the stuff that piled on makes sense. But then they kept piling, and they kept piling, and they kept piling. it, And at some point... The support for all that weight, which is the core game, starts to flex a little and bend a little and things start to break in places. Not like in a serious way where it's like gameplay is breaking, but just like you start to get tired of one thing and that's a domino effect that leads to other things. You're like, oh, I have to do this now too. But hitting that reset button with Simon Moon really felt... It's familiar enough that Pokemon fans will like it, at least from my one island, but it also seems different enough that it's truly a new Pokemon experience. And that, I think, was probably to some extent what they set out for, and I think they nailed it. 
So I'm very happy with my single island of gameplay so far. But I don't know if you want to elaborate further as someone who's actually beaten the game and then lost the game as well. Get to. Yeah, like I really recommend it. I mean, I played the game on the regular 3ds XL, a lot of loading times to start the game. Yeah, the new uh, the new 3ds does not have that issue. I no, think. it pretty much starts when you want it to. It's great. Um, there a few run a few slowdown issues whenever there were like double battles, but for the most part, it, it was an enjoyable experience. Yeah. M- music was actually pretty great. There were I few, love the Hawaiian vibes. There there were a few tracks I wasn't a fan of, like the rival one, but yeah. The, oh, the, how about the evil? grunts music the rap the rap is so funny yeah it was <laughs> like what is this it, it was actually fine like it, i don't mind it, it, it just, just fit funny. the game yeah um yeah i mean the the tracks that i usually um am most looking forward to in any game is just the regular trainer battle and the champion battle those are like the ones i i'm always like looking forward to like oh don't disappoint yep and they didn't unfortunately when listening to the champion battle like first time i was like such an awesome it was a very it's almost like they took parts from the original champion battle from Red and Blue. Sure, yeah. And then they just kind of like gave it like a hint of like new, but then as I started to listen to it, I'm like, wait a minute, this was in like one of the trailers for Pokemon. So I'm like, oh, they actually spoiled it a long time ago without me realizing it. But was that a spoiler if you didn't even know you're spoiled? You know, it's kind of disappointing <laughs> that like I'm like, oh, I heard this already, uh, but I yeah. like I wanted a completely new. I yeah, wanted to be yeah. a new experience, but it was still was really good. I liked it. Well, you know what you do? Kind of like some Pokemon. Like, when they send them out, I'm like, whoa, who's this one? And then they yeah. come out like, oh, wow. Like, I didn't completely spoil the text right. for myself when the leaks came out. Yeah, I, I avoided that. So like, it was definitely like really point. cool just, like, having that feeling again. Like, whoa, what's this Pokemon? Who's that Pokemon? I, uh, what type <laughs> is that? So I had to, like, right. throw out more. Like, this looks like a water type. And I'm like, huh, it's not. <laughs> and that's kind of what I think they're trying to go for in black and white when I was saying how they did, like, the Pokedex resets. Everyone's on the same playing field of which Pokemon is which. But I think... I just think overall I did a better job with Sun and Moon. That's just my take, though. Also, um, I'm a little bummed that Drampa's only a Moon and I have Sun. I didn't know that top I bought it. It wouldn't have changed my mind, but... Well, so. I mean, you can always have always catch one and trade it for you. That's true. That's true. That's so, what the whole point is. I know. So the one thing we haven't touched on yet before we get to the giveaway, which everyone should stick around for, because if you want $50 in eShop credit, we are giving you $50 in eShop credit. But the one thing we should cover is you have to play it twice. You have to play it all over again. So would you like to tell the fine listeners what, what happened? Because it's the, it's, this is the horror story when you get a new 3DS that everyone fears, and it happened to you. Yeah, so got my new 3DS... All Which exci- looks quite nice. Yeah, I was all excited to um, transfer everything over. And I've done the transfer process before, but never from regular SD card to micro SD. Because normally you would just take your SD card and just plop it in the new one. Mm-hmm. So I transfer... It does like a two-step transfer. It transfers everything that is saved on the console itself to the new one. And then it transfers everything from the SD card. Or well, you transfer the SD yeah, card. Yeah, well, it, it gives you three options. You can transfer it all wirelessly if you have enough space on the other SD card. Um, which I did at the time because I bought a new one. And then there's the one where it'll just transfer save data only and you have to re-download all the software wirelessly. And the last one, the one that's the most convenient one that usually everyone goes with, which is do it physically, just plop it into a computer, copy to the desktop, and then just copy that to the new SD card and just plop that one in. And the thing is, the new new, the new 3DS is for those who don't know, we use micro SD while the old 3DS is yeah, used. Yeah, so I can't just plop just it one together. I have SD. to do that. Yeah. I have to use the computer as a middleman. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, I'll just do that. It'll be faster. And, and then all hell broke loose. Yeah, so then <laughs> when I was trying to copy the main data, um, 
yeah, I got this weird error that pretty much prevented me from copying all my games and a good chunk of my save data. Essentially, uh, and, there's a file buried way, way deep. Yeah. And it's called 00000008. And that file, there are about 12 of them across different game saves and whatnot, um, for whatever reason, wouldn't copy. It said it was in use. So we've been troubleshooting for like a couple hours going into this episode. No luck. Yep. And for better or worse, um, because Pokemon was such a big game, I had to delete almost all my games. The only games I kept were Rhythm Heaven, Ace Attorney, and Pokemon. And this is out of like, what, 30? 50 something. Okay. Even more. It's like over 50 something. I would not. Game. freely part with 50 games save data my wii once erased itself and i had to part with it but that was not by choice <laughs> no. and i mean this is also my first um digital game normally i get everything um physical if it's available for both obviously i have mm-hmm. a lot of eShop games as clear as i just said but yeah so that didn't work and i was trying to freak out a little and i'm like ah oh, and then I, of course, like, show up halfway through to record the podcast, and he's, like, having a meltdown. And then <laughs> so. for a second, I'm like, wait, does that mean that... Because um, I know X and Y, while they still save the data on the game, it's still connected to your SD card. It's, like, really picky with that. And, like, I tried it, and this I was like, oh, and it doesn't detect SD card. So then I switched it in, and luckily, all that works. So all my PokeBank progress, I could still transfer the one, my old teams, to the new game, which is... What really matters? Because, I mean, the new Pokemon, that's obviously going to stick in the new 3DS. I mean, in Sun and Moon. Mm-hmm. I still want to use my Mega Pinsir from before because he was already perfect. And why fix what ain't broke? Yeah, that makes sense. And, yeah, so I'm going to have to start over, unfortunately, which kind of sucks. But I guess now I get to see what it's like on a new 3DS. Faster, better load times. Oh, yeah. This time I'm definitely just going to not go with an Albert team. I'm just going to blaze through it. Right. <sighs> so, How many hours did it take you to beat the first time around? 30-ish? About 30, I think it was like 27. Mm, okay. Yeah. Because I just need to know what, how many hours I have to put in because we have a deal. I'm yeah. being sun I'm being sun before the Switch comes out. And keep out. in mind, this is, yeah, it was about 26, 27, and this was me pretty much blazing through it because... Oh, no, I'm not blazing. Because this is me at kind of how I just play most games. Like, I'll blaze through it and then I'll go back and do some side stuff. Or I'll do some side stuff that I see conveniently that doesn't veer me too off the track. Right. But Elvis, he... um. Like he kind of plays the game how I would imagine you would play it. Like, he, like if he, sees, he likes to go into nooks and crannies, he'll like to talk to NPCs and whatever. Yep, that's me. And he was, um, it's like, oh, did you go to the house with the Magmar couple? Did you go to this other house? Did you talk to this person? And I'm like, no. Or like, I just kept saying a lot of no. Like, and he's like, did you even play the game? Because <laughs> I guess I was telling him, like, oh, I don't know where the name reader is. Like, he's like in the second town, like in the, in the first building. I'm like, oh, like, did you even? And again, like, did you even play the yeah, game? Yeah, yeah. So, you can imagine how I go super gonna take, slow. So, it's going to take you over 30 hours. Well, basically. the thing I do is, the reason I'm still on Island 1 is because I keep going to the same, like, routes and being like, oh, I didn't, there's a Pichu here, apparently? Let me try and catch it. So, I was like, wait for it. Like, I'll keep trying, and I'll get, like, so many pick a pecs but no Pichu. Yeah, see, like, and I'll be like, where's the Pichu? It helped that in my case, like, I literally, from the get-go, I was like, I'm only going to beat the game with uh, Rowlet, the Toucan, and those four birds. Like, that's my team of six. Yeah. So, that was it. I'm so trying I, I to catch them all, even though I know I never will. So I wasn't going to catch anything else. Right. Which obviously sped it up. So. But now you have a chance to go catch them all because you have to redo the whole game. I mean, I'll probably take my time a little more since I have to wait for PokeBank any, anyway to right. make any real progress. Which is end of January, yeah. Yeah, because that's where I have the dittos, which I need for the breeding. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I'm also looking for ditto. 
but not in in a different game in Go. I might have mentioned it like an hour ago, but oh. yeah. yeah. Uh, well, in happier news, that sucks about your 3DS. Hopefully, hopefully you enjoy your second go around at least. I mean, I think Pokemon Sun Moon is a good yeah, enough game I mean, that you. Yeah, will. I mean, cause it's a we, really good game. Yeah, because I'm gonna make it a point to like I already know which Pokemon like those those six birds and yeah. the turtle, the the lava turtle. But I'm gonna purposely catch like six different ones. I'll still start with um with Rowlet, but. Right. I mean, it should, it'll be a different experience because it'll probably it'll be a lot easier <laughs> because yeah. I'll actually have a balanced team. Exactly. And and the but, thing is, like, we kind of nitpicked a lot of Side Moon, but really, it is a it is a good game overall, yeah, at least in my initial game. impressions. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it I could love, be worse. could be a game that was kind of... I mean, I love Pokemon X. Like, that game got Obus and I back into Pokemon after we thought we were never going to get back into it after... X and Y? X and Y. Mm-hmm. After we thought we were never going to get back into it after how much we played Diamond and Pearl. Sure. And this one might do it again so it's kind of kind of shaping that way yeah and if one of you want a free copy of pokemon sign moon you can use the 50 eShop credit that we're giving away to do so but um before we get to that a, qu- a quick note so we celebrated you, that that's it for pokemon right i don't want to cut you short oh, yeah. okay i just wanted to say we celebrated our fifth anniversary yeah, last time would read again or whatever would play again sure will play again in your case Through the, oh i will play again. you will play again. 10 out of 10 we'll play again on a scale of horrific to um filled with glee one to five where would you place it <laughs> i get filled with glee since yeah. i'm okay with playing, playing it again. again that's kind of where i'm at and i'm only on the first island in case people didn't know let me say it seven more times no but um I do want to talk about us for a minute here. So, we celebrated our fifth anniversary last week here on the show, and uh, I kind of want to take a moment to reflect on that. I mean, I don't know if you have anything you want to say, but I, I have kind of some thoughts real quick. Five years is a long time. Like, that's half a decade. That's longer than the Wii U's entire life. That's about as long as the 3DS's entire life. It came out six months before we started our podcast. And back in 2011 when we first launched, just give you an idea of what the landscape was like, our first episode was impressions of Mario 3D Land and rumors about the Wii U. Technically our third episode, huh? Oh, uh, yeah, because we had two test ones that never went anywhere. Uh, now, five years later, our first or our latest episode has us giving impressions of a different major Nintendo flagship, Pokemon Sun and Moon, and discussing rumors of a different upcoming Nintendo system, the Switch. So some things never change. But I did want to say that like it, there, Nintendo's had a lot of up and, ups and downs over the last five years, and it's been really fun covering all of them. Uh, the thing is, though, that like a lot of what drives us to keep covering them is not so much Nintendo having news, but the fact that there are you out there, the listeners, who want to hear us talk about the news. Like, yes, we obviously like to talk about Nintendo and have many, often too many, in- thoughts on Nintendo. And we, have, of course, talk about them every two weeks here on the show. But I think it's safe to say we wouldn't be putting this much time this much energy, this much work into delivering those thoughts and yeah, some sort I mean, of cohesive it, structure if there weren't you guys there yeah, listening. And I mean, in the five years, there's definitely been like a lot of, um, soul searching isn't the word. It's soul been, <laughs> I learned so much about myself. I did um, learn a lot about my like work ethic outside of work, which is kind of interesting, but. Um, how, how, how would you describe it? It's been like a, like a hilly battle. Like there's been like a lot of like super positive. There's been like. Well, the problem the, 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 yeah. the is where like, I guess like I was getting too busy and I'm like, oh, do I even have time to do the podcast anymore? Because like, like we, like I love doing the podcast. Like I love like, like just talking about Nintendo and stuff like that. But yeah. I mean, we like, we did it for fun. Like, we don't even try to, like we don't. We're not try, monetizing yeah, this. Yeah, we're not trying we're to not, monetize this at all. We we're, have, we're not. 
We're yeah. not trying like to like advertise ourselves like at every venue possible. I mean, we did try at one point, but that's sort of. We were on Reddit for a while until they shadow banned us. True story. <laughs> <laughs> and and really, that's like all we really tried just because we're like, oh, like the Tinder people. Let's just get here. the word out, really, because like if we're yeah. po- if we're putting a tie in, as in the early days, we wanted to get listeners, and we are now. I, I like to think we're like as pure as it gets, as far as like um, yeah. Nintendo and, and the thing is, we have, like, and you're right, like, there have been times that's been, like, this is a lot of work to do, but then at the end of the day, it's kind of, like, well, we enjoy doing it, and there are now hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of you listening, which is nuts to think about. And we've made, like, good, like, online friends because of listeners that, like, would hit us up on Twitter or whatever that we now play multiplayer online with or whatever, so, or have in the past. So, like, it's 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 a cool thing. Like, we have this little community built there that it tunes in and you know occasionally will email us with their thoughts or whatever we always encourage you to do so whether you agree or disagree with anything please by all means email us comment on the blog we want to this is a we like sharing our thoughts but we also like to hear what you have to say it's kind of in our minds a two-way street so you're always welcome to do so um but yeah the, the point was um we wouldn't be doing this at this point if it wasn't for the fact that there's all of you listening so and i truly mean this i think i speak on behalf of angel too thank you like, thank you not just to the people who maybe have been listening from the start, although we, of course, appreciate you, but also thank you to the guy who may have just discovered our, our podcast with this very episode, or the dude who tuned in in episode 112 is like, you know what? I'm going to ride this ride for the next 136 of them, or the next 36 of them. Or the guy that said that this is going to be his last one. And then somehow <laughs> is still here hearing us say this. Like, whatever, however you found us, however long you've been listening, five years, one one year, one day, Whatever it is, thank you. Because without you guys, we would not be doing this. Like we obviously can talk about Nintendo all the time without putting it on a we do. on record, and we do. So like it's 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 that extra layer that really makes it all worth it. And we really appreciate it. So like it is, I guess it is what it is because of you guys. So the easiest way to say thank you, and the, in my opinion, best way to say thank you is to give you something. So we can't give all of you something as much as I would like to, because that that gets expensive. And if we're not doing ads, where's that money coming from? So instead. We're going to give one of you a $50 eShop credit. Now, $50 is the highest amount of eShop credit you can buy in a physical form at a Best Buy. So, five years, $50. We're doing it for you guys. Uh, and you get it for free if you win. So, what we're going to do is we've been going for five years. Five years is about holds. Wii U is, well, Wii U is four years, but we talked about for five years. 3DS is about five years. So, to tie that all together in a nice little bow, we would like you guys to please go to ramtown.com. Click on episode 138 and tell us in the comment section for this episode what your favorite Wii U or 3DS memory is. And if you have a RAM Nintendo memory, I one, I, that would be super awesome if you somehow did. But, uh, like, it's something really stuck with you all these years. But two, um, go ahead and throw that in there, too. It won't it won't necessarily, it's not going to boost you in terms of winning the prize, but it'd be kind of cool to hear those. I think we could share some of people's favorites next episode. The plan is, when next episode rolls around... Um, we're going to pick our winner, our favorite memory, from our favorite of your favorite memory, and we're going to share that on the show along with a few other top picks. And then, of course, the guy who's our absolute favorite gets the $50 code. So, yeah, head over to the blog. Leave a comment for your chance to win. All the nitty-gritty about how this works can be found in the blog post. And then be sure to tune into our next episode, which will be up in two weeks' time on December 11th, to see if you're the winner or to hear some other memories that may be good bad funny sad whatever they may be we did this one for the holidays a couple years ago we got some really like from everything from like crazy to like heartwarming so it's really fun to hear these so i'm I'm really looking forward to this actually um that episode also where we're sharing our full nes classic edition impressions and of course the latest news and all sorts of other stuff so it'll be a good episode all around but you definitely want to tune in to see if you won 
So to make sure you don't miss it, follow us on Twitter, uh, at RamNintendo. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Subscribe to us on Google Play Music. Whatever podcasting app you use, Stitcher, whatever it may be, subscribe to us on there. Stitcher? Stitcher, it's a thing. I'll show it to you after. (laughs) Stitcher Radio. Uh, Whatever it may be, subscribe to us on there um, so you don't miss it. And uh, you could follow us individually on Twitter. I'm JSR7. Angel is Wero, W-E-I-R-O underscore O. Like I said, we'll be back. I've been doing that for five years. I've been doing that for five years. We used to say Miiver sandals, but meh. Um, but yeah, with well, that, the same. <laughs> I know it's true. With that, um, thank you again for listening. Thank you for letting us do this crazy little podcast for the past five years. And I guess here's to the next five. We'll see you guys in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs>